This episode of Phone Booth Fighting, Frank, is brought to you, to our listeners, by Low T Nation. Of course, uh, Brandon is uh, helping everybody out over at Low T Nation if they are dealing with the chronic condition of low testosterone. You can explain to everybody what that's about. Well, I mean, basically, uh, any type of uh, imbalance in your hormones is always going to make you feel off, unmotivated, unfocused. Depression is a big sign of low testosterone. So just besides trying to look better and be fit, it's all about being healthy and being a productive uh, uh, man, you know, to your wife, to your children, to your, your work. And so, so far, working with uh, Brandon over there at Low T is one of the most convenient uh, and safest ways so far that I've discovered anybody doing any of the Low T type of uh, uh administration you know it's it delivered directly at your house after you've already gone and done blood work you call them up they point you in the right direction as far as which physicians because a large part of their business is not only just helping you as a, a customer or as, a, as a, a person but also working with doctors how to how to properly administer the testosterone therapy not just being somebody looking to make a quick buck and just firing hormone out there you know on different medications just because it's the new hot thing but making sure that people are running at their optimal level and people are taking the right amounts that's the most important thing about this is precision and balance go to lowtnation.com for more information they're based in georgia but that doesn't matter because wherever you are in the united states they will work with a lab with doctors in your area to uh take care of you and then as frank said uh the shipments come directly to your door brandon's very hands-on those guys will work with you directly and uh walk you through the process lowtnation.com and let them know that richard and frank from phone booth fighting sent you this podcast also brought to you by Earth's Brew, the plant-based taste of Nirvana, Frank. I always keep a uh, box of that, a couple of packets in my uh, gym bag after jiu-jitsu practice. Put it in one of those little shaker cups, mix it up, mix it up with uh, some water. And for a vegan like myself, you can't do better than that health-conscious functional tea that provides relaxation within minutes, and that's particularly important to me when I'm looking for that post-workout athletic recovery. Absolutely. And, and that thing that's most important, everybody knows, and we preach it and we get it hammered into us is all about rest, rest and recovery. And if you get home and you've had a long day of training and you're working hard or, you know, something Laura and I could talk about now is when you're traveling around and you're out of the country and you're taking these long flights, you have to get your proper rest. And uh, Earth's Brew is one of the natural supplements that I found at only 15 calories. So you don't have to worry about it, you know, bouncing your caloric overtake intake over the uh, limit. Um, so I can't use it as an excuse why I'm getting fat on my trips. <laughs> it's not due to Earth's Brew. <laughs> not due to Earth's Brew. But uh, it helps me wind down and calm down and get into that state of mind to relax, especially for those guys like myself that your brain is constantly on the go wandering around so that way you can get into that mode to get a good night's sleep which again is so important for your training plant-based for vegans like me or uh, if you're doing a low-carb keto diet it uh, is compatible with all of that as well no artificial sweeteners or coloring and if you go to earthsbrew.com right now enter the promo code phone booth that's promo code phone booth you get 10 percent off of all orders uh, at checkout so how many do you take at a time right now I take one because that's what the instructions say to Travis do, Travis and I have, uh, <laughs> we might have to put it on the, um, uh, what's the thing called we do now too? What's that? What's our other thing we do that people can 99 cents join up on? Patreon. On. Patreon. Thank you. Come yes. on, man. That's, yes. 
this is the guy that was looking for the mic for the last yes, minute. Dude, come yes, on. yes. Uh, we might have to do a Patreon challenge. How many Earth's brew can you take at once? No. All right, now I don't. That might be irresponsible. Let's just let's. It's all natural. It. it should be good for you, right? I'm in. You're I, in, right? I'm in. I'm my, doing there it. we go. We have our first contestant. No. That's right, Laura. My job basically with Frank is to get him to follow the directions in all walks of life. Either they're literally printed somewhere, or they're figuratively. It's yeah. an unwritten Something rule. Something tells me that you don't follow all directions at all times. Okay, well I we'll mean, get into that. Okay. We'll get into that. Oh, all right. well, don't uh, let the parents. This is my stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's start the show <laughs> welcome to phone booth fighting everybody your twice weekly podcast uh it is available in uh, itunes google play stitcher soundcloud or wherever podcasts are available absolutely free of charge of course and it is hosted by myself richard hunter and this guy Frank Mayer. The two-time UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Exciting episode today, Frank, because here inside the phone booth fighting bunker, deep within the bowels of stately Mirror Manor in suburban Las Vegas, we have a guest joining us. It is Laura Sanko from UFC's Fight Pass, from UFC's Contender Series, from Invicta. That's really where I first came to know you. Uh, the longtime uh, uh, member of the broadcast team there on Invicta. So welcome. Thank first you of for all. having me yeah. in the bunker of the bowels of where am I? Stately Mirror Manor. Stately Mirror Manor. Suburban Las Vegas. In suburban right. Las like Vegas. Like the Batcave. Yeah, and I'm so yes. glad you made it accommodate us and come down. I know you're busy with your travel and you know you're coming down and giving up time with the child and Travis uh, hooked it up and got us all out. He did. He yeah. did. I appreciate being here, guys. Very accommodating, right? Travis is the man. Picked Incredibly, up, he food. went out. He bought me Thai food. No, he called us up and said, "Look, I'm getting her Thai food, or you know, I'm going to help yeah. Laura because running late." They said you had a pretty bad travel experience coming in, a little rough. I did. I did. I think we got. There was a little bit of a uh, confusion on what day I was coming in, so oh. I had neither a car nor a room. Oh, but you know. Where do you, you travel with from? So are you upset that Travis has stepped in? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Travis. Travis is. Uh, I mean, he just. I. I. I think he. He's just a good friend to have. You know, I have a way. Uh, a friend of mine, a long time ago, used to put it this way. He said he's the kind of guy that passes the flat tire test. You know, like if yeah. you had a flat tire, he'd come help you. Now here's the bad part about being born and raised in Vegas. Yeah. And I did this with you too. Uh, I have friends that if if you're a really good friend. I start wondering, like I get suspicious. I had that <laughs> suspicious period. I'm all, okay, what's the catch? Oh, I see. Why, what, what, oh. why are you like, okay, no one does everything for nice, just yeah. for free. Like, you know, in Vegas, usually people kind of always have that, like, yeah. it's the hidden agenda. Like, oh, I'll hook you up, buddy, but I'm going to hit you with this later. Yeah. And now Travis has entered that realm where I'm like, really? Are you genuinely this cool of a dude? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, we'll watch him. We'll see Keep if an another shoe him. drops uh, at some point. Uh, so uh, Laura is uh, in town to do... Uh, the Contender Series, which, of course, is uh, every Tuesday night now exclusively on Fight Pass. Uh, and we're, I think, four episodes. We're about to do the fourth episode, Yes, this I think, will be right? week number four. Yeah, I've enjoyed watching these. Now, for anybody who has seen the show, uh, you are the, uh, you're the person who interviews the fighters when they come off the uh, come out of the octagon. Uh, Snoop Dogg has designated your little area the Olive Garden <laughs> yes. for some reason. I, well, I think it was just Garden. it was just the one weekend when I was wearing an olive colored dress. Oh, that's what it was. It, okay. Yeah, it varies from Tuesday to Tuesday. What's up? We have someone joining oh, us. Surprise visit. Surprise, well, look surprise. at this. Donald Cowboy Cerrone has just Yeehaw. walked into the bunker. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? How are you? Good to see you. Come on over. What we're going to do is uh, reconfigure on the fly. We're going to put you over there next to Laura. Sorry to break that bad news to you. There you go. Okay. 
can we see him on camera or do we need to reposition the camera? What we should do is switch him and her because he's taller. There you go. Would you guys mind just uh, switching seats? Okay. This is going to be somewhat awkward, but. All right. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have Travis reconfigure. I guess we'll just do all this live on the air. Yeah. I got to tell you, Cowboy, we've really never literally had somebody just show up on the no. show, just walk in. This is this is Cowboy it style. It would be Cowboy, right? If I were to script it, I would not imagine <laughs> it going any other way. So no. do we have a microphone for him? We, the, oh, where's our yeah. other mic? There we go. All right. Now, should I scoot over, or can I sit this awkwardly close to him the whole no, time? No, fine. Okay. Fine. As long as you're I mean, I was pretending like it was for the shot, but yeah. I don't actually know what the shot is. If he is. gets too handsy or something, <laughs> let us know, and we'll uh, we'll take it up okay. with okay. HR. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Due to logistics, you're going to have to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Deal. So if anybody says anything, you had to. It's for the show. Yes. Perfect. All right, so now Laura is here, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is here, and uh, boy, the, the the show just got even a little more exciting. So what? What? How'd you? Uh, sorry, Laura, I didn't. Mean no, to, no, no, no. Like Listen, Bob Hope walks onto the set of the Tonight Show unannounced. Nobody, everybody's too young to get that reference. But <laughs> that's something Bob Hope used to do back when Johnny Carson hosted the Tonight Show. Is he would come on periodically out of nowhere unannounced. They would just play his entry music, and he would walk onto the set. Bob, so you're like our Bob Hope. There you go, cowboy. What uh, what what do we owe this uh, pleasure to? No, nothing. I was just driving home, calling buddy Trav, and yeah, he's on his way over here. I said, "Well, I'll come on by." Good. Nice. Is this on the way back to Colorado? It I is. Okay. Uh, it is. All right. Is. is RV parked out? It's at the the new uh, UFC Institute. Okay. okay. Oh, is that where you keep it on now when yeah, you come in? They got a big lot there for me. Nice. So Dan, I need some RV hookups there, but he ain't got them yet. So <laughs> excellent, all right. excellent. All right. Well, we were just talking. We'll get into stuff with Cowboy too. We were just talking to Laura about the new Contender series on Fight Pass. That, I know that, my buddy uh, Phil Haas fighting tomorrow night. He Probably sure is. tomorrow night. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I am. I have not attended one of these live yet. I've watched them on Fight Pass. But what I'm anxious to do is I'm anxious to be there live because I realized I've never seen a full-on fight in a space that small. Like I've been in the gym when people are sparring. I've been in bigger places, even like independent shows. But if you think about it, that's a rare opportunity to see guys go 100% in a in a space that small it's really cool and the the acoustics in there the lack the lack of crowd on, on one hand is weird and i i asked them some of the fighters about you know they of course they're in the zone when they're in the middle of a fight but i have had some of the fighters say that the weirdest thing is not not being announced you know and fighting out of and weighing in at and you know none yeah. of it's just fight 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 i mean well, the pace and, of the show is incredible and i could imagine energy wise i mean i'm used to in a fight yeah. you land a shot the crowd goes ooh, you know what i mean like that part that is part of it's very quiet. The experience I mean, of people, fighting. People are there and people are engaged, and the people that are there are like five feet from the cage. But I don't know. There's maybe 40 people watching. I'm not good at counting that many, <laughs> that few people, I guess. But the yeah. commentators are, you know, in separate booths. We've got Snoop and Uriah kind of up in one area. Yeah. And then yeah. our, our normal. Well, uh, that's good because otherwise everybody in the gym would have a contact oh, high. We, so it's probably It doesn't. Best. I wish it did, but you can have some. Um, yeah. The. The, they had to nix him smoking up on air because oh. it was so strong in there the first two weeks that yeah. we were all like, I couldn't remember anything that happened. Plus some of the stuff he says during, yeah, I can imagine as a fighter, <laughs> I find kind of distracting. Like, what did you just say? Yeah. 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 So, My favorite thing is I've toggled back and forth on the commentary. Have you seen any of these yet, Donald? With the, oh, with not. the Snoop commentary? You know the story, right? Sure. Like you get the alternate commentary yeah. with him. And the best thing is... Even if you just know a little jujitsu, is listening to Snoop's commentary because he will—he'll key in on something and he'll go, 
oh, he's done. This is done. Right here, he's done. This is over. This is over. And there'll be a pause, and you'll hear Uriah go, now, that's called half guard. That's, uh, <laughs> so he, he doesn't call him out, but he has to kind of clean it up. There's sure. a lot of Did you ever watch that one Iron Circle that they did for a little while on the no, I don't think so. It was the different rap stars and different, like, I think Mayweather okay. had a team. Yeah. They did kind of like an IFC-type team fighting. Yeah. And it was bad like that, too. Like, as far as, like, some of the coaching, uh, I think T.I., one of the rappers, like, you see him commentating. Uh, did you ever really? hear I need no. to look no. this up. This yeah. is Yeah, I think they called the Iron Circle or, oh, shit, what Listen, was I barely watch UFC fights, let alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in, one of those train wrecks that them, had to So I can't imagine why you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I have to uh, uh, I have to ask then because Cowboy just got here. You, Laura, you don't know this backstory. I'm gonna fill you in very quickly. All right, our, fill me in. our listeners uh, are still reeling from the repercussions of what happened <laughs> uh, uh, earlier in the week. We had uh, we had Cowboy set up for an interview, but he didn't Remember, know he was set. He up was for doing the his you know the pre-fight. What do we call it now? The media tour. Media tour. Okay. Thank you. So and we were his first one on deck to talk to him. Now, he doesn't know that. Yeah, no fighter knows who the fuck they're talking to in that media tour until about five minutes before you sure. get going. Like, you're talking first to KMVT from there. You're like, whatever, dude. Mm -hmm. Just I'll answer the phone. You know? Sure. Yeah. So, and Frank is new to this, okay? Because I, being on the media side of it, I've been dealing with this for years. It's a it's a radio deal. You know, you uh, they, it's always early in the morning, 9 a.m., sometimes a lot earlier than that. And every 10 minutes, they're going to put you on with a different radio station. And the best part, guys, has been watching frank adapt to this because he gets mad now like he was on the other side of it you know where he's like oh another one of these right. but now that he's on the interviewing side of it we got off the i won't say any names but we got off when was that uh, nine months ago maybe yeah we had a fighter on and the fighter was just just kind of on autopilot you know not well you are on autopilot yeah especially no, because too. people don't understand like for that hour it's the same fucking seven questions <laughs> I'm there with you, buddy. I and my How'd thing your is, camp go? And my thing was about a 9 a.m. hour-long thing, and then immediately following that, I had uh -huh. media day. So I was like, I'm going to fucking do this, and then I'm going to go answer the same seven questions in media day. Hence where my anger question. came from was that we asked, because I've been on that side yeah. almost as many times as you. you sure, know? sure. Right? So I've answered those questions. I know the routine. I know that it's going to be the same boring fucking seven retarded. How do you feel? What's your game plan? What do you think he's going <laughs> right. to do? Who do you want to fight next? What do you think this means for your career? Like, same shit. So we had questions that nobody else was asking. Sure. I'm like, well, so let's I'm go. Like, they fire them away. You know, you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> you know me. I'm like, yeah. we thought this through. Rich yeah. and I, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we're not the, the dumbest yeah. uh, uh, team out there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to ask a couple questions that are interesting to to help you know, just kind of change the pace for the guy right and he still just fucking dialed it in like yeah uh-huh yeah i'm like holy fuck dude i just fucking really like just set you up with a really cool yeah like, all right look everybody's saying this but i think this is a factor in the fight because yeah. listen no one's pointing that out right what do you think about that when he yeah. got when he got like, off the phone he was so i mean we, he was so hot and it was just funny because I was like, oh, now you're on my side of it. Now you see what that's like. Yeah, logistically, yeah. You, you're really good at breaking shit down. I mean, I remember back in the WC days, you, you're always yeah. spot. I mean, you're, you break shit down so well and speak very proper. I, on the other hand, do not. So I wouldn't be a very good commentator. <laughs> well, what, like Snoop, what is and Snoop yeah, would be side by side. That I don't know. Are you fucking done? Yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. Well, oh, okay. I do the ACB now twice a month. I fly over there. We fly, commentate for all the Russians and, and all the, uh, uh, you know, all the, basically it's the number one organization that's not in the U.S. right now. Sure. Fucking awesome fights. There's no, uh, there's no lag time in between. So we do like 20, 24 fights where UFC would do seven. Yeah. You know, because 
because we don't interview yeah. people. It's Rock like fight, go, fight, go. It's hell on your bladder. But if you ever want to come <laughs> out with me, man, sit there. We can do a three man team if you want to. You know, dip I'll, just, your I'll just go. Uh huh. <laughs> it's in Russia. Yeah, well, some of them. Uh, I was in UK. In fact, we have another one See, in I'll Sheffield. Go, I'll go. UK, China, yeah. Japan. Uh, We've had one here in the U.S. Uh, we'll probably do more, uh, hopefully, in the future. And then uh, Canada. Let's see, where's the next one? I know I'm going to Russia the next two this month. But then I'm Part going to uh, Grozny, so Chechnya. Do you only have certain parts that you go to? That you're willing to Yeah, travel? you don't want to go to... Uh, you don't want, we don't want to get into this on the podcast. Oh. Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> then, I get, then I get hate mail. Yeah. Are there certain parts of Russia you're not allowed to go to? Have you been no, no, banned no, from certain no, parts I, of Russia? No, no, not Oh, banned. okay. okay. But we're, we're the one of the UK ones in Sheffield. Yeah. September will be out there. That's right. a lot of fun. I'm excited. Maybe he'll just show up. Yeah, like, you just, like today on I'll the podcast. You know, yeah. The chances of me buying a plane ticket to Russia are zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure if you agree to come on, we can accommodate right, a plane perfect. ticket. So <laughs> we had this interview set up the other morning. Back to my story. And so I come over. Frank's not uh, what you would describe as a morning person. So I had to, I was on my way to the brothel, to my day job. So I had to stop on the way. I brought all my gear in and everything. We all set up. So Frank's sitting here, and he's like, You're, you, you were... Your shirt was halfway on. That's what I remember. You just bothered to well, put a shirt. Why didn't I get a courtesy text like, "Hey, bitch, answer the phone"? Like you and I well, are friends like that. But because it was, the, I didn't know the situation, what was going on. I didn't want to be like, "Oh fuck!" Now this motherfucker is going to track me down for work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. If you're dodging the UFC, then I don't want to be associated with those guys. You know what I mean? Like, sure, like sure. all right, we're boys. Uh, if I'm not going to use, it wasn't an intentional fucking blow off. It was just uh, I'm still sleeping. <laughs> no, I mean I didn't know, but like I said, I don't want to be that to cross those lines. Like we're friends. I don't yeah, want to be like I yeah. call you up to take advantage of the fact. Like hey, it's before a fight. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you know. Yeah. So so Travis texted you the picture. Frank falling asleep in his coffee, and then you saw that. Now, what was your thought? Because you didn't realize it had anything to do with us. No, I. So you're like, like oh, what fuck, the hell's going on? Right? Yeah, I, yeah. You guys, yeah, I had no idea. All right. Well, next time I, I'll give you a text in a yeah. situation like that. Okay. Well, I just hope that you I didn't. Figured you were playing fuck them and dodge. No, them. no. Yeah. Especially not fuck you guys. All right. Well, we got we got kind of a kick out of it. So yeah, it was we funny. told kind of got a good story to tell of it. Especially as Travis told it because it was like just this total surprise of yeah, wait, what's I going know. on? What was I supposed to do? Who who's yeah. calling? Whatever. Because you got like the call from the switchboard. He was saying too, like they blew up your phone and stuff, trying to get all of you. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Eighteen times they called me, so I just blocked <laughs> nice. the number. <laughs> Nice. I'm glad I'm not the only one that blocks it, numbers. Yeah, if I don't know, if you call me a couple times, like, dude, either text me or leave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. somehow tell me who you are. But if you don't want to tell me who you are, fuck yeah. it, you're getting blocked. Especially yeah. 15. And and for some reason, that witching hour is like the greatest sleep you're in, right? When you're, I don't know. Yeah. No yeah. so nah, man, hey bro, I'm with you, man. I am definitely not a morning person. Right. Yeah. So Laura, you before 11 too early. You're coming back and forth every weekend yes. to do the Contender Series. Home. Kansas City, oh. right? Yeah. Which is where Invicta's based. Correct. Yep. And uh, and that's how I first came to know you because you well even you I saw you fighting Invicta that's yes. a lot of, one thing a lot of people don't realize because you become such a recognizable uh, well that commentary was a long presence. and storied career well you know what you retired undefeated <laughs> that's retire. what I would undefeated yes hey you I know did. something let me tell you something I once played one one hand of poker with the guy who came in third in the World Series of Poker. And I won the hand. So based on that logic, yeah. that no, tells me like that. I would have come in second or better yeah. if yes. I had worked. Like and that. then I retired <laughs> immediately. Retired undefeated. I'm with you, Richard. Not yeah, life, right? that's not that's flawed I like logic. I love cowboy. my amateur fights wow. in there together, and then oh. it's not quite as laughable. Yeah, but, yeah, because you, know, you had no, you had like a handful of amateur. Oh, did fights. you? Have I had amateur? eight. I had eight amateur fights and oh, one wow. the whole one pro fight. Yeah, I have two requests. Do you have any Budweiser here? It'd be negative. It's a way to work in a sponsor. I got a Modelo. I appreciate that. 
can't drink Modelo online, but uh, we'll, we'll cover it with Bush. plastic. There you go. Monster and, Energy drink. Nah, you no, do that one. Bush stuff, man. Sorry, that's just like colored water to me. So and uh, <laughs> colored water. Yeah, and a spit cup would be awesome. And a spit cup that we can handle. That we can I'm sure. Order yeah, up. Travis is Order already. Order Travis up. is already on the oh, case. Hold on. Make sure the wife knows it's about to be a spit cup because she has those to go coffee. You cups. want to use the good oh, yeah. china. No, you don't want to use no, it for no, that. We just want. I accidentally no. drank someone's spit cup once. Oh god! You ever had that happen? No, I haven't. You haven't? Mm-mm. I have no. not. It, that's just a rookie mistake. I feel rookie like I feel mistake. like okay. I feel like that's something that everyone's experiencing. No, everybody's looking. No, at you like, said one of those things. <laughs> where like, hasn't everybody done that? Hasn't We're like, everybody drank mm, someone else's spit no. cup. Yeah, nope. I'm I'm from Texas. I was on the lookout for that from a very early age. That's my problem. Is I yeah. I wasn't around it enough. And I, I see. Was on a bus Kansas? bus yeah. ride with a guy. It was a good friend of mine, and yeah. I fell asleep, there we go. and I woke Look up that. thirsty. I just ran right. to the car. That's, that's, that's oh, Travis had, Bud, Travis had it's, it's Budweiser, Budweiser in the car. That is Budweiser. All right, there you go. See this guy, Travis, man, Jesus. You were just <laughs> Where'd talking. you find this guy? Right? No, I'm great. From him. He's Through him. great, yeah. really. First of all, thank yeah, you. I said, hey, Trav, uh, buddy of mine wants to meet can I introduce you via text? He's like, yeah, fucking sure. And the rest is history. Yeah. No, no, no. He goes, hey, Travis, this is Frank. Frank, this is my weird ass fucking, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> he's not a stalker. It's cool. I'm like, all right, I guess you got the stamp. He's not a stalker. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Travis said that, uh, uh, tra- here's the thing. Travis, I'll tell you the backstory. Travis is a listener to our podcast. Okay. That's how I got to know him. Uh, and in fact, he was just like, you know, he did tweet little comments, things like that, you know, nothing intrusive or anything. And then he kind of said, Hey, if you have an interested in podcasting, you know, if you ever need any help, stuff like that. And we did need help because back then it was just a two man operation, but he, uh, he was friends with Cowboy and he didn't play that card right. No, he, See, no. he that's doesn't. He's not that, that, kind of that, that, yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do that. And so he just, it kind of works its way in. And, and what he did was he was just looking for somebody that could vouch for him to let him know that we, cause you do have to come over to Frank's house. So we got to sure. make sure we Absolutely. know you or whatever. And so he had asked Cowboy, he said, Hey, can you just tell these guys I'm not like a crazy stalker dude. And so Cowboy group texted uh, Frank and I and said, hey, here's my crazy stalker dude friend. So I love anyway, it. Yeah. I but you know it. what? I don't know how you are on recommend, like what your track record is overall in recommending people for jobs, Cowboy. Right. But with this one, you batted a Yeah, sol- solid, man. Solid. So thank you. We appreciate you so for Trav that. So Trav is like an amazing scuba diver. Yeah. That's really? how we, that's what, yeah. So not like, not like Brian Callen scuba diving, like recreational He's like he's the guy they call yes. when the cops are too scared to go deep and find the people. They call him. Up. <laughs> you find bodies. Wait, we're short of mic. <laughs> we're short of mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Probably, I'm asking. No, like it's he probably a good thing. Talk back, but uh, yeah, yeah. He's like super into to all the diving and everything. That's incredible. And that's how you guys know each other originally, yes, right? Because I love Cowboy? it. It's like a super passion of mine. And yeah, so I met Trav because he's the guys that. So if I was going to be a fighter, I'd want to associate myself with people that fight every day, right? Not sure. people right. that, not the guy who's owned a gym for twenty years and he thinks he knows Taekwondo. I want to, I want to, I want to get in there with the real UFC fighters. And, and so he goes three, four hundred feet on a weekly basis. So, so he's the cowboy Cerrone yeah, of, he's, of scuba he, diving. He is absolutely. <laughs> okay. He right. is. He's, the, he's kept me from dying a couple times. He's, yeah, because that shit's fucking dangerous, right? I mean. It's the, asshole, it's the asshole puckering sport for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hand Travis a mic. There we go. Okay. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to tell any of those stories, though, do you? No, no. <laughs> it's all good. I die all the time. One so. more reason the UFC's gonna find something to put in your contract not right. to do. They're like, all right. Yeah. Well, Dana did put a stop to that one time we were diving, right? Yeah. One yeah. time he did. It, yeah. You dove too deep. What was the? Not too deep. What we happened? Just, uh, 
we had to take a little break after diving because I can't you can't like get your heart rate up through the roof going hitting pads like we did and he we did and he was like god damn it you fucking you're gonna get hurt because everyone has this like misconception of diving and thinks yeah. it's just that you're just gonna die when you're done if you go deep you're gonna die that's like what everyone thinks and so dana has this in his mind that you're fucking down there 200 feet and you're now you're up here and you're gonna your, your heart rate's going because someone tells him in his ear what what you know i see not the, right not just enough case. information to, to, make, to, to but yeah, not yeah. enough really to know what the fuck exactly. they're talking about that makes sense yeah probably the thing to do would be to invite him out to go diving and then he can experience it and see that it's not nearly the the threat that well as yeah. long as you do it intelligently right and, uh, and that's what i'm saying these guys said travis and his and his group of divers they're the best in the world Right. If I was gonna, if I was yeah. gonna send you to depth, that's who I'd put you with. Yeah. That was not a. There wouldn't be anybody else. I, whenever I go somewhere, I call him. I trap. Hey, I'm going out to L.A. or I'm going to this island. Like, who do you know? Who do you know? Through you know that can put me in the right direction with right. the right gear yeah. and the right guys. Right. So. Fuck, man, you don't even toot your own horn, dude. No, like, I was just saying. Holy that, shit, he doesn't even tell us no. about He's like, yeah, I do this diving thing. Like, no, that's he's like top, top 3% in the world diving. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, like the best. This is what I like about He's, he's not even making eye contact <laughs> right now. He's so No, he's so uncomfortable because we're like, so you know, yeah, yeah, look at him. He's, he's, he's this elite diver, and I got to hear about it from Cowboy. Yeah. This is the first that I've, uh, I've I've really known about this. He told you he has a little scuba diving in Lake Mead. Now it's 350 feet, 400 feet weekly, like the dangerous shit you can do. I so it. I I am so envious no of shit. your of your vagabond lifestyle, cowboy. Because when you came in, you sat down and you're like, "Well, I'm still here. I might I'm gonna stick around. I'm kind of on my way home. I stopped. I pulled over. I might hang out. Like, isn't that kind of the definition of success? Like, if you can just live your own schedule like that. I do. I do live my own schedule. I I fucking love it. Like, I don't have. Yesterday we just went to Venice Beach and hung out and drank some beers on the pier, and then now I'm here and. Don't know when I'm going home. I got to be in uh, New Jersey next weekend. My buddy Jonathan Webb's fighting, so I know I got to be there mm-hmm. Saturday. But nothing until then. Just whichever way the wind takes you. That's it. That is badass. Yeah, I like that. And then you live in your your you drive your home. That's yeah. nice. You got the the uh, mobile because when when we were trying to wake you up uh, the other morning, uh, we had actually enlisted Travis to try to help. Right. And uh, he got a hold of uh, of one of your henchmen. Yeah. And uh, that fellow was saying we that Mikey. Yeah, that fellow was saying that everybody else was in the hotel, but you were in your RV. Yeah, parked even, out next to the hotel. Even though you're at a hotel. Yeah, we were in the lot next to the hotel. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just were more comfortable. But why? I got my kitchen, my bed, my towel, my own shower. Yeah. I'm not I'm not in a hotel room that the guy with syphilis was just in there coughing all of the <laughs> sheets and shit on, you know? Yeah. The RV's nicer yeah, than the hotel. I've yeah. upgraded a couple of times, you know. It's oh yeah, great. yeah. I'd like to. I'd like <laughs> to. Fight money got to go somewhere. Laura, yeah. Cowboy and I. This is something I tried. You know, Cowboy was saying earlier that you know it's the same questions every interview and all that kind of stuff. So I, I take that to heart, and I always try to bring something to the table with Cowboy every time we we run into each other. Uh, because this is going to surprise you. It's going to surprise you. Because Laura, when she sat down, she was telling me about the the stereotype that she had for me at a distance, like what she kind of assumed. A lot of things she assumed about me. Would it surprise you to find out that I am a uh, I'm a, a, a rabid fan of uh, old school country music? Would it surprise me? Yeah. No, no actually, really. that okay. like that fits yeah. in. Just with, listening to Merle Haggard on the way over here. I, yeah. That actually fits in with because, like I, what I was, what I was telling Travis on the way here mm-hmm. is, I, and I was kind of embarrassed to admit this, is that I, while I, you and I had not interacted before, obviously I had seen you yes. around events. 
I literally thought he was just like some rock star that was like a huge UFC fan and was just constantly like <laughs> was just follow, such was such just, a fan that I was I was hitting him up for press credentials. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> just getting involved in the press conferences. I, I wasn't I, paying I feel much attention. That wouldn't be far off. Sometimes I feel like, what is that guy's uncle doing here asking me questions right now with a camera phone? <laughs> no, when I first met him too, when he first came up to talk to me. I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, when you see Richard, you get yeah. the same. I mean, we all got the, the way. But then when you get to know him, you're like, so you've never like even smoked a joint? No. Sure, you never yeah. even had a sip fucking of alcohol? No. I'm like, but your grandfather owned a liquor store. You grew up in there. Uh, you grew up in the comedy circuit doing yeah. stand-up and then in a, in a band when he was like 16. And now works at a brothel. So like he's exposed to the most decrepit aspects of humanity. You none really of it. work in a brothel. He really works in a fucking brothel. No. And you know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, like and does so. not, you know what I mean? Like, and has no issue. That's why I tell you, like, he's my, yeah. he's my Jiminy Cricket, you know? Like, <laughs> Groupon. <laughs> you want that one? Do they have RV hookups? <laughs> I think you want the Do they have price. RV hookups? We'll talk about that later. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if, you, you, if you're so inclined, I'll, I, can, I can work out a deal. Just, I mean, don't, just don't overdo well, it out there. One of the uh, times in town we can go on the brothel run. That's actually one of the runs that yeah. do here in Vegas. See if you and can, we go you know from, uh, we start here like at Harley Red Rock, and see then we'll it, ride hey, to the different brothels in Pahrump and then come back Trev, over the... Trev, see if you can I've never, find... I've never had a hired girl before in my life, ever. Well, um, they're not all created equal. So before you take that leap, check... And I mean, I've got, I've gone to, to Jack Jacks. I've never found one of those. I've been, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've, I've tried laying down, face down, to get a massage, and I'm like, touch it, touch it, super <laughs> creeping, and they just go around. My like, is so what, am I, what am I doing wrong here? That was, that was aggressive. That looked like you were trying to, like, <laughs> that's like, what I do. It looked I like you were trying to, to bridge it. into a sweep or yeah. something. That was, that was some technique there. See if you can find my uh my reenactment on youtube uh from the lamar odom th- oh, yeah, did, oh, have no. you ever seen this i i thought i would live my whole life th- this is a, a dubious achievement of of mine uh i was i was i actually had somebody play me in a reenactment you know on one of these wow. crime drama shows yeah because of the lamar odom thing that happened and uh, the guy that was cast as me... Did you have any input on who, who was cast as you? <laughs> no, I did not. That seems and unfair. Did a decent job, though. It was okay. It was... Yeah, but the thing that I always uh, wondered about was... I always wanted to interview the guy that played me, though. Yeah. Because I wanted to know like what went into his mythology. You wanted him to be a method actor methodology. and actually like, meet you and exactly. become you and live you yeah. and put your skin on. Who, and... who were the people that were rejected for the part and things <laughs> like that, you know? And why? I'm not seeing it right offhand. I'm trying to remember what channel. It was on Reed. R-E-E-L-Z. Try putting that in the search and see if it comes up. But anyway, yes, it's so so uh so so Cowboy and I both love the old school country music. And yeah. and I try to uh I try to always like turn them on to some something, you know, that I'm listening to. So I've got one for you okay. today. Let's hear it. Have you heard Jason Isbell? Jason Isabel, no. Okay, he was, you remember the band Drive By Truckers? Yeah, Okay, sure. he was in Drive By Truckers, and he's got about three or four solo records out now. But this guy, this guy is, for my money, the greatest lyricist of our generation right now. I'm a, before you, when you leave, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a couple All links right. or something like that. Yeah, this is the guy you're really trying to get on the show guy. right now, right? Yes, absolutely. You've spoken about a couple yeah, times. this guy's this, this guy's uh, he's uh, he's a critic starling right now. But uh, where's he from? Is he a Nashville guy or around he's here? A, no, he's from uh, he's from Alabama. 
Very yeah, nice. but uh, anyway, so anyway, while uh, while Travis looking for that, all right. So uh, so anyway, so you, uh, I was actually at the fight. I was in Anaheim. I I was. Uh, Are we I here talking about the fights? No, section. we're not talking about fights. No, I'm just telling you, I was there, and you know that uh, I didn't run into you, but uh, I, I was there. And so you you basically are coming from here to you're eventually going to work your way back to home to home. Yes. Okay. All Are right, you going to fly to cool. Jersey or drive down? I'll fly. That's a far. That's. That'd be coast to coast. That'd be brutal by myself. But yeah. uh, if I was fighting out there, we'd definitely drive. I just like driving, man. Yeah, because yeah, I remember one time when uh, you fought, it was in Orlando. Yep. I was out there, and, and you drove you down. Drove down. That's yeah. why I said, I was like, hey, where's Cowboy? He's like, I think he's in Texas somewhere. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. He's fighting. And I don't know. He's driving his RV. I'm like, And then we dive. All over Orlando, all over Florida. Oh, yeah. Do you always do that as far as, like, is this just kind of your M.O., like, after a fight, just kind of, I'm not going to hurry home if I don't have to. I'll just kind of work my way back eventually. Yeah, always. Yeah. You're going to make a great old person because, you know, that's what the old people in the RVs do. You know, they yeah, go, they're doing 60 and I'm flying by <laughs> pinned at fucking 86. I mean, it only does 86. I'm a little upset about that, but that's what she does. 86. Yeah. Probably tough to sleep in the back of the RV when that's going on. I, but back in the old van days, I tried to sleep in a few. We eventually got a bus. Yeah. And those are nice because they're, I, I don't know mechanics, but I just know they're, they're balanced for that or whatever. Right. But the RV's like this. No, no. So the more money you pay. Oh, is the that better how, ride okay. you get the gotcha. chassis yeah, so yeah that's okay. what you're paying for is the ride so you probably got one of those smooth it's, it's okay smooth it's okay on a cloud rvs it's nice what is all right because because this uh, eventually i would like to be an rv owner too sure what what is the number one thing how many you probably been through half a dozen or something yeah, right okay six of them. what is the number one thing you would recommend to somebody getting their first rv like something to look out for something you definitely the, the, want that, that's such a vague statement it's like okay. what are you a weekend warrior are you looking for like a bumper pole that you can just take up camping with the kids are you looking for like a fifth wheel where it's like a bigger 40 foot where you can bring I your see. truck and drop it off are you looking for a diesel pusher where you can yeah. drive it there and have everything with you i mean it's yeah there's a lot yeah i'm gonna need you to go with me to the dealership i'm just thinking yeah. like is there is there just one thing there's some like, nice ones out there though. I, yeah the wife and i were talking about that because we had the boat for two years mm -hmm. and like fucking maybe took it six times you know so it was like fuck this it's just paying too much for a slip mm -hmm. but one of the investments like when i fight again we want to get is a uh a trailer in you know, an mm -hmm. RV and uh, there's some out there I started looking at now like the Jayco Seneca yeah. and some shit it's like $300,000 but yeah. I mean like it's a diesel hobby the kids can be in the back driving most people go from like a bumper pole to a fifth wheel to a to like a gasoline powered driving one and then they go to the diesel bushes then you go to the class A 4400 what I have Big boys. The we have a shitty ultimate, fifth right? wheel. I mean, as far as like just oh, goes you, up hills. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's but what I like about we yeah. have a solar one because we park it in the middle of our ranch. Uh huh. And just live in it. You don't live in L.A. No, oh. I live in Kansas. Well, that's very liberal, we had very like liberal a, of you. Solar powered. I know. Well, yeah. at a no, convenience, not no, so much of economical like conscience, right? In the middle of a two thousand acre. Yeah, ranch, you don't have to so look for hookups, right? Yeah, no, that part's awesome. God forbid you throw a little diesel generator and let that bitch run power for just days easier yeah. hey yeah. i have no problem with fuel yeah i just just the solar power was nice well i appreciate you reducing your carbon footprint you probably saw my prius parked outside i did uh so is that uh, uh so 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 but in terms of getting one like there's not something you absolutely have to watch out for like don't fall for the something you know what i mean like uh nah. no not really like that just yeah. i mean the less money you pay the less the cheaper it's going to be right like construction wise when you yeah. go down the road shit's rattling off the thing i mean you pay for what you get for it for sure especially with those things yeah 
Yeah, makes sense. All right. Well, one of these days, we should do some sort of RV trip. You can rent them all the time. That's what we usually do. And me and the wife, if we'd go down to like uh, San Diego, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of fun to go ahead and rent one of the RVs here. And, and, you know, it's it's like about a thousand bucks for the week Mm -hmm. as far as when you're all said and done. Mm -hmm. But it's cool because uh, if you get the ones, and and, uh, terminology I'm screwed up on, but basically like, where you drive it and it can be in the back with you. Cause if you have like a trailer or a fifth wheeler, you can't have them back. There. Right. You know I mean? I guess you could, but it's against the law and it's just not convenient. Whereas the ones plus, I got, plus those fifth wheels, all the slides are in on them. Yeah. So, so it doesn't work anyways. Yeah. The cal- they wouldn't be like free range in there. They'd <laughs> so, be maybe sitting yeah. in a little corner. We'll, yeah. we'll rent the RV where it's little, they have the, uh, to where like I'm driving and the kids are in the back. I mean, seat belts in the seat, you know, mm-hmm. but that way if someone has to go to the bathroom, they just get up and yeah. walk. And as long as you're not driving like a maniac, I've even had other people drive and then I can go lay down in the back bed yeah. and like you can walk through, like it's ultra convenient for travel. And it's actually fun. Cause then everybody can interact with each other. The kids are playing card games. Um, on the uh, kitchen table and all right we got to do that for the, the next... wife makes a sandwich yeah. you know what i mean like well, it's all right there well, like, you can drive like cowboy with your knee text with one hand and watch kong on the way here that's what i was yes. doing now that just sounds yeah, the kids unsafe. in the car <laughs> trying to be slightly yeah. more if it was just me i don't give a shit but, you know what i mean you, you got kids you, you start to be a little bit more no that just sounds unsafe all right we'll do that for our next show field trip we just took one this past week to uh disneyland we went uh, saw that yeah oh you saw it you... well i saw the pictures on instagram oh yeah yeah, yeah, we had a lot of lot of fun out there. A lot of fun. All right. So uh, anyway, hey, you know what? Um, where were we going, anyways? Where were we going with the conversation? Yeah, the direction that we were. Oh, we threw the script out the yeah, window. Yeah, no, fucking. Yeah, dogs. cowboy shows up. I'm sorry. The script for... out the window. Hey, no, sorry. Right. No, you're, no. you're the Bob Hope of the podcast. So uh, yeah, though, Lars in town though to do uh, contender series. And are you still doing now? Is that going to keep you doing Invicta all the time as well? How's, yes. how's all that working? Yeah, out? I mean, I kind of have to give a priority to the Contender Series, and that's also slowed down my FS1 work. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I think we've got Bigger five. check wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Five weeks left. And so then I'll kind of go back to my more usual schedule of doing the FS1 cards and Invicta. Invicta is only every other month, so yeah. it's not a, a super hectic schedule, obviously. Are so. you, you going to do the California card, this one coming up? I am. It's, that's going to be a tricky one, though, because yeah. it's on such a weird day of the week. So oh, okay. I'm still figuring out how to get from Las Vegas to there. Uh, now, are you, time I know you do the in-ring uh, uh, interviews, but yeah. do, you, do you also do the commentary on the outside? Um, so I have done commentary uh, for Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. No, no, in no. general, I have done. I've done commentary for um, local level pro shows, and uh, I'm terrible because what I do is I just describe everything I see. Like I'm way too. I won't shut up, and I'm way too literal about. Like I'm just. It's it's like the fight is a book, and I'm just reading it. I would need a lot of work before they threw me on air. Well, I mean, as long as you're not just pointing out the obvious, but you're pointing out what's going on, no, too. I was. Like explaining like, I was. Oh, he's throwing the low kick. Yes. Look, he's looking to set up the high kick. Oh, there comes the high yeah, kick. I just, the other guy's- I just wouldn't stop talking. I, mm. I need years of you learning that to see that coming. Yeah. Were you in yeah. the now, Were you in the, the color role or the play-by-play? Well, that's the other tricky thing. So okay. this is like a this is like not not a, not even a regional promotion. Small this show. is a okay. local promotion. Right. right. And so there's really no color or it's just two people sitting there talking about the fights. Oh, okay. And we also have no information about the fighters that we're yeah. talking about. So uh, there's not a lot of like color story yeah. to bring to the table other than what is happening right in front of you. So, okay. I'm, I mean, I cut myself a little bit of a break, but I, I enjoy 
the reporter role a lot mm-hmm. and I really 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 love the post fight whether it's for Invicta where it's literally inside the cage or what I do now for the Tuesday Night Contender Series is pretty close to that because they just walk out and r- walk right over me I love that role so much because it's so raw in the moment they don't have time to prepare a really well thought out you know statement it's just a very real moment especially you know the Invicta fighters and these guys on the Tuesday Night Contender Series are not media savvy yet yeah. you know they're earlier in their career so you just it's just a really honest moment and I love it a lot of weird shit happens Tanya Avenger kisses you, you I saw people that. pick you up and swing you around and yeah you know yeah I like I I, uh, I you, know, you know about that right the infamous Tanya Avenger kiss yeah, yeah. I like when I, I was trying to figure out, you know, I mean, like they're like, oh, yeah, Lord, you know, so yeah. I have an oh, understanding. that's her. So I typed in your name, and right, <laughs> it's like the second picture is yeah. Tanya, you know, planning one on you, and I'm yeah. like, hmm, let me investigate that. Yeah, let me sell that one. It's for work purposes. Yeah, <laughs> from certain from certain angles, uh, which have been sent to me on numerous occasions, it really looks like I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but, you know, from all angles that I've seen, it looks like Tanya's into it. Yes. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. for a fact. Yeah. I just wish there'd been someone besides Tanya doing. I like. I, I, I she was love, definitely the weak link in that chain. I, <laughs> I love Tanya because I was so happy to see her get her her uh, yes. you know, get on the UFC car finally. Because I, I love Tanya because I've interviewed her before and she'll refer to her opponent as old girl. Yeah. She'd be old like, I'll, I'll I'll wrestle fuck old girl if I have to. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll be a fuck. Yeah. Can I just tell you, Tanya Avenger has more game than any guy yeah. I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Period. Oh, you okay? I get you. In like. The, like really? in the, in the, in oh, the yeah. mat. Like Where's she should going, teach. Right? She should teach a class. Really? And I'm Does not she joking. have you questioning your uh, what side of the field you batted on? I mean, depending on how many drinks I've had, for sure. Really she's persuasive. Yeah. yeah, she's very persuasive. I like it. And she's persistent. Yeah. And she just has this. See, that's hard for a guy to be persistent because that's the thing. It comes up. I had this discussion. With, the whole yeah, yeah, it's like a guy. If we're persistent. It's like persistence or rapey. You know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> there's a fine line between persistence and rapey. But you know what? You know, it's one it's that okay. needs to be danced. It's good to be. Uh, it's good to be fluid with your sexuality. You know, I actually appreciated Cowboy. I was listening to your appearance on uh, Fighter and the Kid. Uh, Cowboy uh, co-hosted with Brendan Shaw oh, okay, nice. uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I appreciated your honesty because there was some sort of homoerotic conversation going on. And Cowboy just, just like, dropped the mic by saying, I'd fuck a guy live on the air for a million bucks. I'm like, me too. Everyone has a price. Yeah. The thing is, though, as soon as you said that, I thought, man, this day and age, we might be able to crowdfund that. Like, you you might need to up that number a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He seems fine with it still. You gotta pay taxes on it. <laughs> That's the best line. What yeah, was it? I said, if I, if I do such a good job, you give me another million to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Kelly, what's what's one question that you know we were just talking about like all the obvious questions you get asked, autopilot sure. and all that. What's one what's a good question to ask you that nobody's ever asked you? What's what's the part of your life that you don't get to talk about the most that you know you have the most to talk up, about? Oh man, I don't know. I mean, we we know you know. Fortunately, through Travis, you know, we find out about the diving. Everybody knows you like the adventure stuff and all that. But uh, uh, I don't know what's what's something that you just never get to talk about that much. Fuck, I don't know. We good. talk about music. We talk you about uh, yeah. How about your love life? Love life, sure. Why don't you have someone co-piloting that RV? She's she's at home working. Oh. Yeah. Oh. She's going to school to be a doctor, so she's got a bunch Ooh, of... Ooh, you got yourself a smart one. She's got four degrees. 
Yeah, she's wicked smart. Dang. So what oh, happens? I've seen her, and she rides a bike. Yeah, she rides and a bike. I know. Okay, she's she, yeah. She, she dives. She's my dive buddy. Yeah, she's been 250 feet. Yeah, she follows you pretty much everywhere you'll go, right? Yeah. yeah. Found somebody that'll uh, that'll that's up for the things you're up. I got for, one for you. What yeah. about firearms in the RV and stuff? When you travel to different places, do you got to follow different rules? Or you say, oh, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> just go. I probably have four four that I know of in the RV right now. Well, you know sure. they're pretty much everywhere, but DC, you're good with a shotgun. Yeah, but then after that, like handguns and different pistol grips, especially California, man. Yeah, well, I have my ass. I have my concealed carry, and I have a Florida concealed carry license, so I think I'm pretty I don't good. Know. In Florida is a good good one to have. I know Utah and uh, Vegas or Nevada, you pretty much have those three, and you can carry them pretty much every almost yeah. all the states that allow it. I just do it. Well, whether say it's better to be uh, prepared and, and to have and, and not used and tried by twelve than yeah, carried by six for yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still getting used to all this with Frank. How are you on firearms being a Kansas girl? How is it? I have no problem. There are guns all over my house. That part kind of drives me nuts because my fun, my son's finally getting to the age where he would have the dexterity to do something silly, but. My husband keeps pretty good, pretty. I don't know. We live on a we live on a ranch, so yeah. you know. Well, you can take it out and go fire. That's the thing. If I can give any point of advice, not that you want to do it, but like my kids, I have firearms all over the house yeah. too, and I've never had an issue with it. But yeah. I grew up with oh, around the house, go. never had an issue with it. Uh, but it was because it wasn't a taboo. Like if I wanted to look at a gun, mm-hmm. uh, hey dad, can I see that? My dad, yeah. would, whatever. I mean, obviously if he was in the middle of cooking dinner, you know. Yeah. But I mean, he'd be like, oh yeah, son, you know, boom, pull it out, unload it, let me play with, you know, teach him how. To, let let yeah. me let me show you right how we do this. I don't yeah. know. Turn and, it ahead and, to and you, then right? then he took me as soon as I was old enough to you know be able to put in uh, earplugs and, and keep them in. You know, then he took me to the range. We went out to the desert and, and shot. So that way it got it out of my system to where if I saw a gun, it wasn't like. Oh shit! You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah. it's a gun. Yeah. If, uh, even if my one of my friends was over, like, oh, your dad has a gun. Yeah. If we ask him, he'll he'll break it down and show it to us. You know, and and that open dialogue kept us safe. Totally. I mean, agree. I know nothing's a hundred percent, but I think when you hide, because that's the thing, I have friends that like you know, the, well, we'll just hide all the guns in the house. I'm like, yeah, but the problem with that is that your kid comes to my house. Yeah. Yeah. If your kid, you know what I mean? Like my kid goes to another kid's house. Maybe I I, I lock up every gun in every yeah. safe. But then what happens when he goes to his friend's house? Like, I can't secure other people's guns. What are you locking your gun up in your safe do for you and the safety of your wife and your kids? No, it does nothing. Nothing. And that's what Nathan's I mean, the guns that I have that I'm not going to use, like, I have a 50 caliber rifle. Yeah. It's in the safe because I'm probably not going to shoot a trespasser with the 50 caliber. But throughout the rest of the, if you don't have a weapon that's readily available, why have it? You know what I mean? That's why I always tell people, I got a gun. I'm like, where do you have it? Like, well, it's here under the seat of my car. I'm all. How long would it fucking take you to get to it? You know what I mean? Like, if you can't get to a gun mm-hmm. within about two or three seconds, might as well not even have it. I normally carry one on me, especially when I'm riding my bikes. I always have one. Yeah. The only thing I won't do when I'm riding my bike is leave one in the chamber. Just, it's like, weirds me out. You know what? But I, I carry my Glock a lot. Yeah. That's probably my number one uh, uh, handgun that right. I like. And I won't carry one in the chamber right. because I'm worried about yeah. accidental destruction. So I just Wind practice. something. Yeah. yeah. But I practice draw and chambering sure. off the draw. So when I go to the range, I go from the uh, concealed position. Correct. I sit there. I carry appendix style. And I'll just yeah. kind of go, okay, go. I have the little Boom. beeper. I pull my shirt. And then as I, you know, I racket the chamber, then I go on site. And I just, yep. I just practice that way. So that way I don't have an accidental shoot myself in right. the dick moment. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like, so I don't carry then one. Then what's the point? You know? Everywhere <laughs> else I have one fully loaded in the chamber, ready to go. And that's what I tell my girl. Like the best thing you can tell them, like this, this, this walkway of your, of your door, you guys probably can't see in the video but anyone who's listening like 
just back yourself against the wall, frame the body of whoever's coming in through a windowsill or through a door, and shoot. It makes the small the target a lot smaller, right? So shooting someone in an open room. Did you teach her how to how to shoot, oh, or did yeah, she know course. already? I taught her how to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, cool. if someone ever comes that you're worried, just back against the wall, and you see the body come through the door, you fucking unload every bullet in the gun. I actually call that the funnel of death. When you talk about entries, when a person first walks through a door, that's why, like, a military or a police personnel, or if you're trying to go into a, you can't stand there. Mm-hmm. So you see guys, you know, like in the movies, kick the door open and they stand there. They actually, in the term and technical book, it's called the funnel of death because you're basically silhouetted, and that's the yeah. worst you place. You should rename that door the funnel of death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was my I'd old like to get people to come nickname. in here. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might be hard to invite guests. Be like, oh, the interpass the, the funnel. funnel. Yeah, yeah. Well, Frank, actually, I had never even held a gun until uh, Frank and I started dating, and he took me out, and uh, uh, I fired the gun, and then we've been a couple of times. Now, the yep. last time we went, we went out into the desert somewhere, and there were all these. There were all these folks showing up, like in you know their trucks. Did you ever meet Ken Han, one of the trainers I used in the past? I don't think so. Uh, he's a big time tactical gun guy, so I mean he's out there, you know, side hole. You know, him and his wife. His wife actually does the instruction for the Japanese military, so she they fly her there like once every six months, and she puts them through the. Uh, we all kind of learn from the same guy. Who, if you ever want to get introduced to him, Tom. He's a, he, the story about Tom is the first time I went shooting. And I thought I mean because I have good eyesight. Right. My heartbeat stays pretty steady. Sure. I, I'm decent. You know, if we go out shooting, I've always been one of the better ones amongst the you know, like Hit that from over there. Yeah, no problem. Bing. Yeah. You know, so I thought, oh, fuck, I know how to use a gun. So this is probably about fuck, 12, 15 years ago. I went shooting with him, and this guy makes a living with his firearm. You know, right. he's, you hire him if you're going into, you and your family are going somewhere you don't, that's a little scary. He's the guy that comes along with you. There's a shot of it. And so uh, I remember we went shooting. And he goes, okay, we have to be able to draw from a conceal, you know, from a holster, point in, shoot, and everything's to shoot to the face. Uh, and uh, Richard, that's very Republican of you holding that AR. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, listen, we we uh, we liberals come in all shapes and sizes. Liberals that's actually guns. that's actually part of how I ease my way into the conversation. See, so I yeah. can get you. Yeah, we we we. Uh, I I start explaining to you the folly of trickle down economics at the gun range. You'd be surprised you how many liberals it. and Democrats sneakily go to those gun ranges and they that's rent right. guns in the shadows. See, that's what I hate about <laughs> and they the love left. it. And they but love, they love it. it. That aggravates Sorry. me that guns have to be a conservative aspect. It's like yeah, like when a lot of people got on Obama. You know, I, I remember I said, "Oh, Obama's gonna take your guns." I'm like, "Do not pay attention to the nope. news." Like. Obama actually has done more for us as far as like now he signed into a, a made it a, legal to carry a gun into a national a park. national park you know so at Red Rock technically if I was out on a hike yeah if I got caught with my gun on me I was in trouble well Obama made it legal now so I don't have to worry about you know having my firearm with me where you should yeah that was the reality this of it, happened but, uh, to us my last fight here in Vegas uh, against whoever I fought we went to Sunday fun day gotten like a argument out on the dock with some crazy guy and his pit bull dogs. My dogs went there, started sniffing his dogs. His dogs started attacking mine. It was, anyways, the guy like flips out, calls 911, said we have guns on the boat. And the cops, the rangers come in hot, hot. Yeah, you say gun, people freak out, right? Freak out. And like, there wasn't even like any altercation. It wasn't even that crazy of a situation. Yeah. Next thing you know, the rangers are pulling their guns at us and they're like, do you have weapons on the boat? And I was like, oh, geez. Well, fuck, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, I do, but I didn't pull it. So me trying to explain myself that we didn't pull the gun, I mean, it was, but that was, you're talking about the state park. We were yeah. in Lake Mead with yeah. a firearm loaded and 
Wow. Everything was, it was a wild, it was a wild ride. Oh, hey guys. So we, uh, uh, so, so we went now, now this, uh, this little video where we went shooting with some listeners. I've seen this. I've seen this. Oh, you've already seen that. No, no, yeah. I, I, I seen the, um, well, yeah, yeah, I've already that, seen this. That's the first time I ever shot a gun right there was in that clip. But when we went out to the desert, the scary thing, Laura, was I look around, there's all these other people showing up. I didn't up recognize you in all black. It was weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, he didn't freak out. Gun didn't fall. That's didn't my, hit him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I and hit, he hit the, the paper target. Hit the target, right? Nice work. Yeah, thank you. And it, but when we went out there to that, out in the desert, though, the, these people are showing up that aren't with us, right? They're going off doing their own thing. And at one point, it occurred to me, I said to Frank, I said, now, have all these people made an agreement ahead of time to, to shoot, shoot in the same direction? direction? <laughs> no. And he said no. no. And I thought, oh, my God. That's why I told him, like, as, when we were out there shooting, uh, I always make sure one on, firearm on me is never, I don't shoot it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so as we're shooting weapons, I always have one weapon system on me ready to go for that reason. So in case somebody, stray bullets, something, I don't know people have guns it's better to make sure you don't run dry you know you'd be out there yeah. shooting argument starts and you're like oh fuck i'm 20 feet from the car and i have an unloaded weapon you might as well have a rock in your fucking hands you know i'm with you I'm yeah yeah well i uh it's you know it, it's nothing i'm up but i just think that it's something that everybody ought to be, have to demonstrate a level of responsibility to have is the thing so i'm all for responsible people having guns but i don't mind there being a uh a uh, uh, burden of proof for that yeah the difficulty is in that and i and i agree with you idiots shouldn't have guns just like idiots shouldn't like hey man i think once you hit a certain age i think you should have to take the driving test again you know i hate when i see some person drifting fucking past lines that's me i pull up and some 90 year old fucking Mm -hmm. you know you know lady fucking glasses this thick i'm like oh god she's driving you know so i agree i mean but the problem is is that anytime you start doing regulation you don't know if it's always going to be used to get rid of the idiot from having guns. What if it's to take guns away from the law-abiding normal citizen that should have guns? You well, know, like that, that is true. Then it's like, well, now you have to trust that they're going to make the right decisions. And you know, people, fuck, man, putting your trust in people to, to whether they discern what who should have a gun, who shouldn't. It, so I wanted sp- to open a uh, marijuana dispensary. Oh, you looked into that. I looked into okay. it. Okay. First thing you have to do is give up your right to bear arms. So I was like, really? yep, that's not going to fucking happen. See, I do know that getting a medical license, because I, I I thought about getting a medical marijuana, you know, sure. pain management and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Absolutely. But you can't have a CCW and have and be med- medical marijuana. So I'm like, wait a minute. You can get fucking pain pills, Xanax, fucking be on every antidepressant fucking known to man. but Or you, hammered to bejesus. Right. To but bejesus. if you get a fucking medical marijuana, if you get on your, you know, medical marijuana, uh, um, uh, what the fuck? The license, the medical license? No, no, but what's the thing? Uh, a script. Yeah. But oh, basically, uh, you get a script, yeah, yeah, prescription yeah, yeah. for that. You can't carry a gun now. I'm That's like, crazy. Crazy. Like, what the fuck is that bullshit? It's just a holdover from people. Is that st- just... That's gone now because it's, it's recreational legal well, yeah, now, that, it's gone as far as I can go buy a recognition, but is it gone that I can buy? I, I wonder if that's still a holdover as far as if I go get it prescribed to me. Yeah, see, because I was going to open... See, I was going to open open dispensary, and opening dispensary, you have to first have a license. 
Yeah. So that was the same problem we ran oh, into. Oh, right. Okay. You, yeah, yeah. You're, he's, he's talking about being a... You uh, just need to come st- so, talk to Snoop tomorrow because I guarantee he can walk you through this. Yeah, because I'm well, sure he's all legal. Yeah. I'm sure what, he's all the paper, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. I just know he owns Snoop a lot knows. of That's why when people yeah. look at like the big picture of laws, like right now, you know, because it's federally still illegal to have medical, mm-hmm. you know, marijuana on any level, right? That I know that a lot of the places are getting robbed because they have to do so much tra- cash transactions. Sure. So it's like, okay, so you make this law that they can't now put the money in a bank account yeah. so they can't run it through as far as run credit cards and whatnot so now you know that they're cash heavy uh, uh buildings what do you think is going to happen now guys are gonna... just do it like they do strip clubs like you go buy weed and all of a sudden you ate a burger at bernie's bar burger barn right you go we've never taken money out of a strip club obviously because you're at <laughs> Frank and T's Steakhouse. That's usually what comes up on your. How does this work? Wait a second. So you go. What if you're at the strip club and where does the burger come in? Well, no, that's they, that's like the, they name. Well, their, that way you don't go home and you don't have. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have spearmint yeah. rhino. Yeah, you don't have the brothel. Come we up. don't. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, what comes well, up? What comes well, up? Well, if I tell you, yeah. <laughs> see, let me just well, wait till, shoot you. We'll wait yeah. till off air and find but out. Let me just tell you, it doesn't that, come up the uh, bunny ranch. No, it's exactly what Cowboys thinking, yeah. which is yeah. it's something that that doesn't sound anything oh, like I a brothel. Oh, I want to guess. This would be a fun guessing yeah, game. I mean, yeah, it's a bunch it's, of wives out there looking at credit yeah. cards. Yeah, right. No, it's actually one of the things that the girls tell them when they're you know negotiating with them, and the guys like, well, I only have this much in cash. Like, oh, it's not a problem. We have the ATM. We can run credit cards. Cards, you know, but the thing is, uh, we can't have an American Express card because that has a big Mormon interest, and they don't want to take our dirty money. Mm. So we cannot take the Amex at the uh, at the brothel. Amex is run by Mormons. Yeah. However, no idea. however, we did come up with a creative uh, workaround for that when Lamar Odom was there because he wanted to use his uh, black card. Yeah. So we ran it. Uh, I probably said too much already. We just we had a way of doing it. To say we had a way of doing it, <laughs> they're gonna go back and go what? The yeah. F- they- yeah. Well, it's all public information because that was all part of the news story that came out. But he ran his black card for seventy five thousand dollars, and his intent was to say two days, but about a day into it, he he overheated. Oh my! He overheated. So, that's a lot of pussy. That was the scariest. <laughs> that was the scary. I have never. That's the only time in my life I have ever. <laughs> Dealt with some like a situation where I was looking at somebody going, This person is either dead or maybe dying like right in front of me. I texted him the that? next day. Yeah. The next day I texted him and said, Hey man, is this too soon? Can we start changing it for instead of party like a rock star? Can we party like uh, like like Lamar? He goes, "Can we wait till he wakes up from the coma?" (laughs) Come on, man! I want to tweet this. Mm. I'll say, "Hey, let's say this," and he's all, "Hey, let's not." (laughs) Yeah, Um, they got to be the voice of reason. I would have been his voice of reason if he'd asked me. He was off on his own. I mean, I didn't didn't get to him until he was. But usually, but that's it's hard to have cool stories when you get older. If you always have the voice what of reason. What does 75 grand buy you? Mm. Maybe one. Can we talk about that? Golden, sure. golden goose. Golden something. Well, so what he had <laughs> was he had he had two he had two girls that were just going to be with him like 24 hours for two Ga- days. Geisha mode, like whatever you want. Yeah, basically. But but the thing is, he was so, I think, unhappy and depressed and who knows what was going on in his life that I'm not even really sure he took much advantage of any of that. You know, It's just kind of that search for happiness that you never yeah. really find. I mean, when you're at the point that you're trying to buy $75,000 worth of love, things are not going oh, well. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> So basically, Thanks. really expensive 
Netflix and chill. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I, I what what I he remember. Did some fucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But what I remember about it was the house. We have a like a there's like a private three bedroom house there. You know, if you're spending that kind of money, we'll put you back there so that even like people who are in the house don't know that that person's there because they'll bring you around the back and separate entrance and all that. And it there was all kinds of like he had ordered like a bunch of takeout food. There was candy everywhere, stuff like that. But what had happened to him was when I when I found him he had taken these herbal viagra pills you know that you can get like at a truck stop or whatever but he'd taken like 14 of them in 24 hours oh, yeah, a guy like that why isn't he just getting the real fucking shit like i always want to ask yeah. him like, why don't you just i don't know well maybe i do know that if i ever in the future was ever single and i went to the brothel yeah and i spent that kind of money i would make sure though that i took whatever because i would want to make it to where the women would walk out they're like i want the other girls to be like you made how much you're like oh it was barely worth it. Jesus Christ, I'm not going to sit down for a week. You know what I mean? Like, I would want to go down legendary status. Like, I'm like, fuck this. It would be like a competition. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. He fucked a hole in me, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Come on. I mean, just... look, as a fighter, like, if you're going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't go to the gym just to hit pads. I'm like, yeah, I like, want to learn I'm how to, be know, the... I'm going to be All the best right. at this. Well, so, like, I want to make it to where, like, it, it, like, and because they're working girls, you're not girls you're going to date. Like, I would want them to be, like, uncomfortable. With the situation finished, yeah, we're going to the next level, right? I mean, like, let me, I mean, like, let me tell you that it would be way cheaper just to hand them a script of what you want them to say, and they'll believe me, they'll say it. See, now I got to earn it. Okay, yeah, you don't want to cheat your way. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you don't want to buy that medal at a swap meet. No, wanna, I got to you know, compete you for it. Go on and buy it and have the three girls laying on the bed and stand like that was me. Yes, that was me. Yeah, the picture afterwards of them just like yeah. you know running makeup, crying, just like fucking, <laughs> <laughs> like. Right. <laughs> couple of day, couple of days off work, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just ice packs coming in. You know what I mean. Like just no. <laughs> that happens. That's happened. That's, that's, that's okay. what happens when a couple alpha male runs into the brothel. Right. See? So that's happened. Uh, hey, uh, uh, so I'm glad we're on the same wavelength. So if I ever hit that world, you know what I mean. Like hey, you know. Uh, all right, I want to know. We need RV hookups uh, outside. I, I, no. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cowboy, what is going on with your infrequent podcast? When is the podcast going right? to come back? I'm just so so bad at it. Because I'm a subscriber. Okay. I enjoy the party cast. Thank you. Thank so you. I've enjoyed listening to him. And I just, but Laura, I don't know. He he has a, a fantastic podcast. It's like a pop up podcast. It's like it is it's very like much like a pop up podcast. Because yeah. I think I listened to one, and then I I was waiting for another. No, come and, on. It's like the yeah. Christmas special. Right? It's got the yeah. Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Who's doing that for? I mean, who, well, do you have me. a helper? I, no, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what the problem is? That's like roping the wind. There you go. Okay. All right. Well, are you, is that something? Did you enjoy doing? I did. Yeah, it's okay. fun. It's it's definitely a good time, man. It's, okay. It's just hard to sit down and and to knock them out, you know. Yeah. Because you need to get like a quiet. You can't just yeah. do it in the bus while we're driving, you know, with the yeah. radio going. I mean, there's a lot. It's an enormous amount of work if you want to do it right, and I think people don't necessarily give podcasting the respect. Yeah. That it deserves, but if done correctly, there's a lot of preparation and thought and equipment and there whatnot is. that goes into it. There certainly that. is. Yeah. No clue. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just show up. Yeah. Just That's show why up. I even said it was like a two-man crew. I'm like, oh, you actually said I was yeah. involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Frank's, Frank will carry gear. He's like yes, the good roadie. I will lift you know, He'll oh. carry the big bags and everything. Yeah, he's got no problem stuff. with that. Now, what was your setup like, though, up there at the, the BMF Ranch? I mean, it did lo- you... It looks kind of like what you guys got going on right there. Okay, so you got some gear set up up and yeah. everything well i just and went down to the place and i said i need the shit to do this and the guy's yeah. like i can set you up i said all right okay so you got all that 
Now, because uh, we haven't, uh, we you know what we could do maybe sometime? We ought to do like a swap cast with that or yeah. something. If you ever want to do it. Frank and I talked about that one. Yeah. When yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Then I dropped the ball like usual. That's okay. That'd be fun. You know, we'll just, whenever you're going to, you're going to, I mean, I know it's, I know you don't like to plan these things, but, uh, you know, whenever you're going to be around me, we take the show on the road and we uh, we team up and do one of those together. It'd be a lot of fun. We've done some fun swap casts in the past, show up at people's places and, and do them. I got, we got the coolest story last year out of this because uh, uh, Frank is followed on Twitter by Paul Stanley of Kiss, who was my really? childhood hero. Right. I mean, this is the guy I wanted to become when right. I was a kid. I had the Kiss lunchbox, everything, right? So I noticed, I'm looking at his Twitter, oh, shit. Paul Stanley follows you on Twitter. DM him, you know. So Frank, you know, DMs. Anyway, they get the conversation going, and I was just hoping he, motherfucker. Yeah, I was just hoping he'd phone into the show or something. You know, we get him on his guest. He invites us to his house in L.A. And we went uh, last summer, and we did uh, a whole episode just like this, sitting up in his uh, in his living room. It was like the most awesome thing. That's ever. amazing. Podcasting builds bridges. It brings people together. You never know. See, that's one thing too. Who's all right? Here's a question, Cowboy. Right. If you could, you know, if I'm producing your podcast, dream guest list. Oh, who's a, who's somebody you'd like to talk to? I don't know. There's nobody out there. No, uh, music, uh, uh, athlete, anybody you've all just thought, uh, but, you know, historical figure, anybody you've ever thought, I always wanted to have a conversation with that person. Well, I would say um, Brett Michaels from Poison because that's my, he's my man. Okay. But, but then I met him and we hung out and had an epic night together. So He's a good guy, right? I, yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Well, he'd be a great one. He'd probably do that. Sure. But I, would, I mean, I'd, He's I'd, here local too, isn't he? No, I think he lives in uh, Arizona. Does do you know? I don't know I where think, he lives. Yeah, I met him in South Dakota. Okay, on a show. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know who we just had on was Ricky Rocket, the drummer right. from Poison. Did you know Ricky Rocket is a black belt in jiu-jitsu? I'm a damn. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We just it was a, a couple of months ago we had him on. That was another guy we met through Twitter. Yep. But you could do that. I mean, sure. I yeah, I'd be interested in uh, in in hearing that. All right. Well, okay, I'm just trying to plant a seed because I enjoy listening to that podcast. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to. Uh, I want to hear some more of them. All right. Hey, you know what? We got to before we wrap things up here, Frank. I got to give a uh, shout out to uh, Joe Cockrell, one of our most loyal listeners. Uh, kind of appropriate the Cowboys on the show because I think he's uh, met the subject of this uh, package that Joe sent us. You want to open that up? Sure. And. Uh, I, I don't. He was telling me he was sending this, and I, I opened it. I don't know quite what to make of it. Tell everybody, just kind of describe it on there if they can't right. see it on camera. So I have a, uh, a black envelope, a dossier, dossier <laughs> of uh, Donald Trump, uh, President of the United States, make America so, great again, right? <laughs> so it's an autograph. It looks like it's coming uh, there from uh, the Donald. Yeah, it's so made out to both of us. Yes, Richard and Frank. Frank, definitely the best UFC heavyweight of all time. Richard, well, um, uh, got it. Love the hair. Best wishes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Donald obviously uh, got wind of uh, my uh, my opposition. But uh, anyway, he, yeah, that's that's nice of him. I'm not sure where this came from or what the origin of it is. But uh, anyway, it arrived in the mail for us. Very so cool. So there we go. Now, you, you met Donald Trump. I did. Cowboy. You and uh, Tim Kennedy, right? Yeah, we were at the rally in... Uh New Mexico. How did that whole thing come together? Did you just show up like no, you did no, here? We were we were oh, okay. Invited. Yeah, we were, <laughs> yeah, we were invited. We were invited. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm a Trump supporter, man. I'm a Republican through and through. Yeah. Have you been interested in politics before? I have. You know, I do. I follow. I follow what's going on, and yeah. 
not interested as far as me ever like getting out and speaking publicly about it but I'm, yeah i definitely follow what's what's going on well see that's a side of cowboy that a lot of people might not know about you know the uh, politically plugged in one the one that uh follows current events and things sure. like that what's on your mind what's got you these days thinking this this is a concern uh well it's crazy to me that uh, who's running for senate now um kid rock right well, no, he's already said he's not doing that anymore. Oh, he's not? He did float the idea. I just wanted to know what his platform was, you know? But the thing is, I used to think that no one would ever have the nerve to run for office without having a platform, without being able to tell you what they wanted to do. And then Trump did it. Yeah, turns out they do it now. <laughs> turns out it's just, there's just, yeah, that's a, that's not even a, that's not even a thing anymore. So you were interested in the Kid Rock Senate race? I mean, I was just, I, I rose an eyebrow like, what, I wonder what, exactly, what is he, right. you know what he was talking about? He's just tired of, of all the bullshit, and he wants to get in there and be heard. I'm like, well, all right, he's right. a Republican, too. Yeah. Does it, sure. does it frustrate you when you think about just the average voter, right, just the average person? Because this is something I think about a lot. You have a lot of people who are wanting to shake things up. Sure. They're wanting to change things. You know, it's, 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 it's time to shake it up. And then you shake it up. And then the, all that time they spent saying, you know, let's get rid of Obamacare, whatever it was they're screaming about, now they don't want it to go away. Well, you realize just, these are the same people. They just jump on the bandwagon and they talk about it. It's like when I was in high school, I bet 30% of our high school voted. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people that want, to, that want to sit and talk shit. Yeah. But they don't actually want to go down to the fucking post office and register to vote and actually be heard. Like That's right. Our, our age is dying. Yep. We don't, you know, our... our Probably the 18 to the 30-year-olds, maybe a very small percentage of them are actually going on election day and putting in their votes. Mm-hmm. I mean, now the marijuana ticket's on there, so maybe we'll get a little more fired up, but who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. shit, right? If you, you can't talk shit and then do nothing about it. So those people that just want to say nothing, so fucking go register. Yeah. Make make your make your vote count. That I, I 100% agree with that. And the fact that young people don't and old people do, yeah. that's yeah. what a politician fears is old people. Yeah. And that's why... Well, they you don't change. The change, the, the trying to express change. Well, they know the old guy's going to show up and vote. And the yeah. problem is that the young people will bellyache and bitch yeah. and won't actually do anything. So it's like, well, if you're part of a demographic that doesn't actually show up at the, uh, at the, mm-hmm. uh, the booth, no one gives a shit about what you say because they're only going to pander towards those numbers it's like okay well you know and you even hear it it's all a strategy like well the hispanic vote i need this vote because they vote in this direction but that's i mean that what you're describing in my opinion is the inherent problem you know political office was not designed to be a lifelong career it was designed to be a service to your country that you did out of love for your country not because you wanted to make a name for yourself and become famous essentially so you have these incentives the problem with all this stuff the problem with well, i'm going to talk forever but the problem with healthcare, the problem with politics the incentives are misaligned people are incentivized by the wrong thing and as long as they're incentivized by by votes and by staying in office you're not going to get people representing their constituents in the way a, that they in the way that they should be and the quick fix to that i think is to put term limitations 100 percent. you know what i mean like two terms uh, three i mean we put a, a limitation on how many years you can you know terms you can serve as a president but in senate where you have equal if not more power at times yeah you can go ahead and be a career politician so you can make votes and shake hands and make agreements with people, you know, and the lobbyists, the fact that we have a lobbyist, you know, of, of, of arm of the, the our, our government. I agree. Like if you just people go on there, like then there's no incentive to really make those connections. I feel, I mean, no matter what, look, everybody as humans, we're going to find a True. way. 
to screw the system. Mm -hmm. But that's why I think that one of the ways is to take away the career politician. I had a, I had a really good friend who ran for Senate last year in Missouri. Uh, not, not Missouri Senate. He ran for Senate from Missouri. And... He's cool because I, I'm like you. I tend to lean a little bit more to the right. He's a you know hardcore Democrat, but one of my best friends, um, and kind of you know has thoughts like you do, Richard, about gun control. In fact, he did this really cool commercial. Woo, that um, he trained her to do that. <laughs> that's it was impressive. Frank's idea. <laughs> that's very impressive. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, he did this really cool commercial that went viral. So he's a Democrat, but he, he served in Afghanistan. So he, while he's talking about um, his gun platform, he assembled and disassembled his rifle blindfolded and was like, all right, you know, Republican guy from Missouri, see if you can do this. Anyway, point being, and one part of him running was that he, he promised that he wanted to be one and done. Like that was his thing. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do what I'm going to tell you I'm going to do because I, my incentive is not going to be that as soon as I'm in office, I'm running again. Because when he was Secretary of State, basically he got elected to Secretary of State and immediately started running for Senate. I mean, we were always joking with him like, what yeah. do you do now other than campaign for your next possible position? Well, and see, the other thing, even the bigger point than that is getting the money out of politics. Because if there are a lot of other countries have a model where they uh, severely regulate the amount of time and the amount of money that can go into a campaign so that you can't just be on this perpetual campaign. I mean, you realize Donald Trump is still campaigning. I mean, like he still has campaign rallies. You know, sure. he's already got his real. So, so in, in there are other countries where that sort of thing is legally prohibited because you take the money out of it, and and because there's special interests on both sides of it. So that has to deal them out of the equation. Because for as much as people focus on corrupt politicians, career politicians, and that's all valid, the real money is in the private sector. Mm -hmm. What they're trying to do is be in the public sector to garner the influence and then cash in by going to work in the industries that last year they were a lot they were regulating. Now they're a lobbyist for you. Pull that out and of the it. People had that law, the basically you can't go into certain yeah. sectors of of, of, of uh, work after you run as, as your politician and they don't pass that right like well that's right because neither side of it wants it because they uh, both sides are taking money yeah, the, from those lobbyists the, the thing too that actually bugs me about government right now is that that you can't have conversations with people because the media packages things up in a way that people don't understand like like the skinny repeal that just came up recently i looked at it and i was like I actually kind of thought that a couple of the ideas was good on it. But the problem was everybody goes, oh, they get stuck on the word Obamacare. So they're like, oh, whether you hate Obama, it's like, well, fuck Obamacare. But then I'm like, and, I, and I've actually had conversations, I think I told you this, where people are like, yeah, the fucking Obamacare, man. But, you know, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, we have the Affordable Care Act now. I'm like, what? It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Right? But yeah. people don't realize it's the same shit. Yeah, right? yeah. They put Obamacare, so then it becomes either you back it because you're a Democrat or you hate it because you're Republican. But that's why it's like, oh, you have this name for shit like that's why the you sit there and start talking about hey the affordable care act well this next one they were coming out was i forgot the name of it that they had for it, but the nickname is the skinny you know repeal it's like oh they're making it to us no longer mandated that as a private citizen you would have to have insurance without a penalty and i'm all that kind of works because if you can't afford insurance to begin with then we're going to fuck you at the end of the year and and then now we're going to tax you on top of that which well i didn't carry health coverage and i got 
Super ten percent, right? Super fuck. I was like, "How much am I paying? Come on!" No, no, mm. it, it works out to where they, they they will fuck you. Yeah, and so bad. like, and then you get penalties and interest, right? So, and if you think about, it, I mean, you probably just let it slip through the cracks because you weren't thinking. You obviously can afford healthcare, sure. right? But there's a lot of people out there that can't afford, and most tr- people, right? And then now they don't get healthcare, but then now we we fucking we stick them at the end of the year, like, oh, and by the stick way, them. we're gonna fucking penalize you X amount of cash for not buying healthcare. So I'm like, so wait a minute. So now you cost me money, and I didn't have fucking health care to begin with. This is fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, there you know, is there is that, but I, I to 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 base my argument for single payer, I point to top tax let's bracket. Hear the liberal side of this. All right, get ready. I talk to top tax bracket people, like definitely. Like so, I don't so, know how you're doing, so Lord. Definitely so, these two guys. So other Republicans you speak to, right? Okay, okay. there you go. So right now, <laughs> right now you're paying a top tier tax bracket, right? But what's happening is the people who are not properly insured are using the emergency room, and they're using it like a primary doctor, right? Yep. So they're waiting until till things get really bad, it's something that could have been treated a lot sooner. They go to the emergency room or they have an accident. No, it's whatever. not true. They go for a cough, for a sneeze. No, that's anything. my point. No, this no, is my point. This is my point. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't have uh, proper health care, yes. they go to the, the emergency room because they don't turn people away at the emergency and room. they're never going to pay so, their fucking bill. Right, never. exactly. But that's, but that's my point. Which, is, which these liberals love. He loves no, no, it. I don't. He no. loves that we pay the no. high tax no. and there's people on five and six generations, probably here in Las Vegas, of welfare. No. Five and six generations that have no. never thought about getting a job or working. Why? Because we pay every month their stipend. It drives I, me fucking crazy. I, you know no, I, I'm out? saying the I opposite of that. Taxes every year, it makes me fucking sick to know that there's people out there that but, get a job. Why would I get? Why would I go get a job? I have six kids. I'm gonna make less money working than the state gives me. But here's wait. And here's, then I will stop getting mad at them. I get mad at the government for setting up a situation that way. Where I've had guys that lost. I have a friend who lost his job, and I'm like, well, I can go work here for minimum wage, but right now I'm getting paid X amount per week. It's like, and I just gotta go to a well, shit, you know show I mean? that I'm trying. I, I to might get as well a, get a just. Job. But here's chill. but to, to finish my point though. Here's what I'm saying. If we go down to the emergency room and we find somebody who would have uh, is costing us tenfold, you know, because they don't have proper insurance. Okay, tonight because they're in the emergency room. We're all paying for it, okay? We're all throwing good money after bad, but you guys are paying more of it than I am. So that's my point to you. What I'm saying is I understand the frustration about you don't want people getting handouts or things for free, but there is also another way to look at it, which is you're already paying for a broken system, and through your taxes, you're paying more than I am. So what I'm saying is if we get those people properly insured, it's not going to make you any happier with them. I get the frustration. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it will eradicate well, that problem I'm talking about that's going on tonight. Because what you're saying is the fact that they'll have insurance. Mm-hmm. They'll, then they'll get preventive care. Yes. So now instead of us paying for right. you know surgery to fix a, a blown artery because they had a stroke and now we're going to have to take care of them to save life, Yes. we could have got them on cholesterol medication. That's what I'm saying. I, I get it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're just going to go and take that EBT card and go to Walmart and buy a fucking 200 more donuts. It is abused. It is. Super and, uh, abused. It's ridiculous. Well, we, you know, there, at a certain point, you can't get And that does drive no- me nuts. But then that's, that, again, it's not, it, to me, it's like this. If, if they make a rule and a fighter does it right right it's like well i'm not really mad at the fighter for taking advantage of that loophole it's the people in power that created that loophole that as a human they're taking advantage of like i understand there might be a time in your life i think everyone maybe should get a year maybe two years max that you're allowed to be 
an assistance. You know, no. if you want to use six well, months people, now, it happens. nine months but later. Then, but once you hit if you're your on cap, assistance, like for example, those guys have EBT card and they don't yeah. work. It's like, well, fuck. Then why am I paying city taxes to this guy to fucking clean the side of the freeway? Yeah. Or well, we have envelopes that need to be stuffed. You know what I mean? Like I, I realize that you know you're. 200 pounds overweight well why don't we have you doing that job you know in yeah. a sense it's like we already do that i mean if you think about it our prison system is one of the most cheapest forms of of uh, uh, of uh, labor that we have so i don't understand why we have no problem making our prisoner work for 39 cents on the fucking dollar right but why don't we have an issue with having people that are on welfare it's like well i'm gonna have someone come in and evaluate you and go okay you have no reason why you can't guess what next tuesday you're gonna show up and pick up garbage we're not going to and pay you don't then then you don't get right. next week and be drug Walmart tested card. and be drug tested okay with that. Well, but the so as a society, and see, I'm not I'm not the bleeding heart liberal. I I have no, I'm I'm very judgmental, and I have there's there's plenty of people in the world. There's plenty of people in the world that I think we would be much better without. I mean, if I if I had that, that's the superpower yeah, I would I can't want. Get him is a just total bore with eugenics, but yeah. he's starting to listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what I'm but that's actually to my point because. As a society, we don't euthanize people, right? Why I mean, not? we don't. Why not? Well, I, uh, that's a separate argument. At a baseline argument, but yeah, level, yeah. we're gonna have this. I think we should sterilize people. At a certain point, when you hit a certain level in our society, we're like, all right, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, and you we can ha- you're fucking a piece of vote. Shit and you have twelve. Well, kids once we around. identify that you're a piece of shit, why do we have to wait for you to have the fifteenth kid? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's nail you at three. It's like, all right, you have three kids three different mothers or, or three different fathers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you've been on welfare for the last 12 years. You already have a couple petty crimes on yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what? You can't have no more children. Boom. Injection, sterilized, Done. male or female, but, no more children. But since we don't, and I'm just talking in the now, I mean, we we're just talking, we're just talking <laughs> practically. I'm not even necessarily arguing against, against it. Strong. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, here's where we're at right now. Because we don't put people down, we don't euthanize our weak, we subsidize them, right? I mean, that's yeah. a decision we make as a society. So this is my point to why, and I, this isn't just a new thing because Trump came away. I've been saying this for, for years, as long as Frank's known when he's heard it. When people say, well, you know, you know who's got the inside track on running the country is a businessman. Because they've handled a budget, and they're in that if they run the country like they ran a business, it's going to be my it, it's going to be good. That's actually not the case because the country is not for profit. The country is a nonprofit. That's how it's set up. So a, a, a businessman, what do they do the with church is for profit? Well, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like what is a what is this a podcast well, is not long well, enough? I'm touching everything, but, might as well touch but, that. But what does a businessman <laughs> good do? Money and tax free. What, what does a businessman do when somebody underperforms? He fires them, right? Sure. Okay, that's the way a business is supposed to work. In this country, we don't fire our citizens; we subsidize them. Whether or not you think it's a good idea, that's just what we do. So, in reality, the businessman is the least equipped to handle that. The the person who's the best equipped to handle it is somebody who's had some experience with a nonprofit. And I mean, that's kind of a tough way to look at it because I, I get the base thinking of, well, it makes sense if you've handled a budget in the private sector, you well, can and, handle a budget and, in the public in sector, some but aspects, it's different. It does make sense as far as like being a good businessman because, you know, we do deals with foreign governments. So the fact that Trump- But they're not bilateral. 
And that's the thing. A business does bilateral deals. A businessman is my business, Donald's business. We work it out together. There's none of this. Why are there five different business owners at this table and they all want a different thing? And I think that's one thing. I mean, just looking at it objectively that Trump is having to really try to navigate is to be at a table and be, wait a second, we're not all interested in the same thing because I want to do a deal with you and I want to do a deal with Laura, but Laura and Cowboy hate each other. So they don't want to work with yeah. me because then they business- this is on that level when you're an international businessman isn't just bilateral. I mean, there has to be other issues being brought up. If you're trying to, you know, put a, you know, a fucking a hotel in a certain mm-hmm. area, there's different people that are coming on board and you're dealing with multiple groups as far as like, all right, this institute's mm-hmm. interested in, you know, the, you know, they're very much uh, going to, you know, on the economy that brought in by vacationers. Mm-hmm. But if I go in this direction, this is the construction workers and this is the homeowners over here. Are they going to be, I mean, I, I would think that they also have to deal with people with, that are multiple people at the table with different interests. I think no. that's sometimes the case, but I'm sorry. I mean, no, I, I think it's sometimes it's the case, but also now you're factoring in cultures, religions, you know, a lot of stuff that doesn't have to do with making money. I mean, sometimes people are less interested in making money than they are getting rid of, you know, your, your, that's the thing. I mean, you're back, you're, yeah. There. You're back to what, are, what motivates you? What is your, yeah. what is your incentive? And, it's easy for us to, to look at that and say the incentive should be to reduce the debt, increase, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. G- what is it? GDP, mm-hmm. <laughs> increase the GDP, you know, get the country out of debt, get us in a good financial situation. That seems like a very businessy platform. Yeah. Well, you're right. Other countries are not are not motivated in the same way. But what I was going to say earlier was the problem is no one no one wants no one wants pain. No one wants to say, I'm sorry, people on Social Security. You were going to have to work longer than your parents did. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's a very good point. It's just going to suck. And and I'm sorry, but there's no fixing it. And here's here's why a politician won't say that. The politician's answer is always a four-year solution. It's amazing how it just coincides with the term, right? If a politician ever came out and said, listen, I'm Richard Hunter. I'm I'm running for president. I do have a solution. And here's the bad news. None of us are going to be alive to see it. Your kids, probably not. Their kids actually will probably uh, benefit from it a little bit, but we're doing it for them and but not we're ourselves. All gonna, but Nobody's we're all going to suffer. No one, no one yeah. wants, no one wants no. pain. No, no one wants to why, yeah. make less money. No one. I mean, no, no one's. Yeah, we're, we're very uh, selfish at the root of all our issues. And well, I mean, that's the reason why. I mean, right now, us pulling out of the Paris Agreement. Right on an international level, like because I travel overseas a lot. Like every time I talk to somebody, I'm in the UK. It's like that is like holy fuck, you guys did this. It's like that's kind of like very much the forefront of the conversation mm-hmm. here locally in the U.S. I don't think any of my friends besides you and I have ever brought that up. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, you know, you guys pulled out of this. It's like like as far as the Americans, because again, it doesn't hurt us at all as far as right now. It's like oh, global warming, this and that. It's like ah, oh, shit, what in sixty years I'm gonna be fucking ninety? Don't you know, care. I don't give a fuck. You know. What is, uh, this is very interesting to me, and you know, something else I've always wanted to mention to you, uh, Donald, is that you and I have something in common that we're very close to our grandmas. Sure. And this conversation is kind of reminding me of that because my grandma is the one who got me politically active. So long before I could vote, she would take me into the voting booth with her so I could kind of see how sure. it worked and everything. And then I would even like uh, volunteer on some. I'm so old that uh, I, there were campaigns where I would actually lick stamps, you know, on mail that went out, and I'd sort the mail. People by, still lick stamps on mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, they would, they would now. Are you? They send 
send you an email for campaigns, but uh, uh, it, I would sort the the mail by zip code, things like that. And where what that the seed that planted was exactly what you were saying earlier about young people not realizing sure. how important it is to get involved. Because even as a kid, when I was doing that, I was still years away from voting. I felt like I was invested in that campaign. You know, I felt like I'd done something and I'd contributed. I'd voted even before I could vote. So turning eighteen was a much bigger deal to me than turning twenty one for that reason. Now, did your grandmother have any kind of influence on you like that? Oh yeah, not not uh, political. Yeah, by any means, but just just the way I live my whole life, always. Tell me about that because I see her. I see her at the fights and everything. And uh, in fact, I kind of sat in her uh, vicinity at a couple of like post fight press conferences. She's kind of interesting to eavesdrop. She on. always she always would, uh, quote Abraham Lincoln saying, "Whatever you do in life, I don't care what you do, mm -hmm. be a good one. If you're gonna be a trash guy, be." Fucking be a good one, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what she always tell me. And uh, another thing was, don't ever paint yourself in a corner. Don't ever, don't ever like when you're doing your contract with the USC. Don't don't bow down to them and get yourself painted into a corner where you have to where you're stuck, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was that was always something that hit home to me. So I always always left my way way out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the one thing about if I ever have kids, you know, the the one thing that would suck about being an old dad is they wouldn't get to, well, I mean, now they'd have a great grandma and my mom, sure. but you know, you, it's, it's, I'm widening that gap, you know what I'm saying? So the way they, the kid wouldn't get to enjoy them like the whole time. Or Actually, that's like one that. point of advice that I give my, well, even right now starting mm -hmm. to talk to Bella, but as they get older, talk about not painting yourself in a corner. Yeah. Extremely important in relationships. Sure. And that's why, I mean, you think about it, that's the one area I think that most of us, I personally fucked up on the worst mm. is that, you know, like when you first meet someone, you put your best foot forward, you, be yeah. you put that mask on, you're like, oh yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this. Yeah, yeah no problem. Because you just, you just like as a guy, I'm just like, look, I just want to, you know. What I mean? <laughs> and now, since I've gotten older, I tell the wife, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not cool with that. She's like, really? You've been? Cool? I'm like, mm, yeah, but I was just trying to get laid. Now I'm like, now yeah. I'm being me, and it's so much harder to yeah. fight your way into like, well, this is what yeah. I want. Where it's like, shit, if I just had been honest to begin with, we wouldn't even argue. I'd be like, this is acceptable. This is unacceptable. But oh, you know, yeah. we paint ourselves in corner in relationships all the time. I think that's a mistake that 99% of people make is when they start dating somebody, they don't have the confidence in themselves so what they do is they go okay laura seems to be cool with like the 85 percent i'm showing her so i'll just keep the 15 percent back and right off the bat i'm like leading a double life because i'm not really showing you everything my husband know. did the opposite so he's mm. 13 years older than i am and okay. he was a total asshole when i met him oh yeah total asshole how and so like just, what would he do well he probably didn't learn that because i mean like now at 38 years of age if i had to start over right off the bat I met him. my wife <laughs> the new one's gonna be like look this is what i think yeah. this is what i don't yeah. think yeah. this is cool if you don't like it fucking bounce i'll find someone yeah. who does you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah so i mean but when i was 22 and i met my wife i'm yeah. like what, what do you want me to be yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. yeah no i'm cool with that that's great like what is that you know i say <laughs> i say it jokingly because he wasn't an asshole but mm -hmm. he was he was he was, well, you know, he was late 30s and he, you know, had, had yeah, he had lived a single guy life. Didn't really see himself getting married. He made me date him for seven years. So mm. that's another. I mean, when I when my he ran son you through the fucking gauntlet, huh? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. When when my son is at the age where he might start thinking about that stuff, that is the big biggest piece of advice I have because I did the whole. I got married when I was twenty three and was married for six months. Mm. You know, I did the whole Midwest Christian upbringing. Like, what do you do think about you get marriage before thirty? You get married. You know, that's yeah. the goal in life. Yeah. yeah, because you don't even know who you are. Like that's one rule. Like, it worked out with me and my wife, but I mean, we've had so many pains through our relationship that of being married to a guy who's a world champ fighter. Living 
living in Vegas. Different you can only imagine yeah. the, the the turmoil and bullshit I've dragged my wife through throughout <laughs> sure. the years. I'm in my twenties, right? And now uh, I'm sitting there going, "Fuck! If I'd have married her now, I got she, a pretty good idea. Yeah, she'd mm. be a fucking. She would be like, "Oh, you're the greatest guy in the world." But with so many growing pains, and, and luckily she was able to be mature enough to sit there and go, "Okay, well, he's being an asshole right now, but mm-hmm. he's going to get his shit together." And, and, and goal. And yeah, goal. but that that's why I should as a man and a woman both I don't think fuck marriage shouldn't even be in your vocabulary until you're in your 30s agree agree wow now see this cowboy remember when I said what is the thing that somebody hasn't talked to you about that would be really interesting to talk about we found it we got it are you my you're my age aren't you what's my age I don't know what's my what's my age (laughs) what's my age I'm 34 I'm 34 yeah there you go years young Seriously, spirited. I, yeah. I have enjoyed hearing you explore some of these themes. So I think we found the thing that nobody asked Cowboy about that is uh, interesting to hear about. You, no, you're, see, Cowboy, you know what, like, now, okay, not 34. If you tell me in the next couple years you're going to settle down and get married, then I would say that your wife, you know, she's be lucky now. Right. Mm-hmm. But if she told me, like, if we were having the same conversation, the 24-year-old version of you, right. I would look at your girl and be like, you're in for a rough in fucking ride. You know what I mean? Like, Because guys are going to be guys, and whether you allow it to happen or you suppress it, because then you can go ahead and be a good husband at 24 and, and not do the shit that a normal man, and, and, and you know, and sow your oats, so to say. But then you know what? Those are the same guys I see that resent their fucking wives. And they For treat sure. them like shit. Because girls that fall in love with guys like you and I, like alpha males, the things that they fall in love with us for are the things that end up hating us for in the end. That is 100% true. And that's yeah. why that's why you have to... I'm telling you, my husband, I say this jokingly, but he is. He's an asshole. Like, but but I love him in his assholishness. Yeah. Like, I'm, that's... <laughs> That is what I was attracted to. Also true, to. though, though statistically, though, is that in your vows? You have yes. a high probability of success <laughs> in your marriage because that's one of the things that they look at. They say that on marriages, you know, because nowadays there's all this mm. crisis of of why marriages are failing at such a higher rate than ever before in our society, in modern society. And one of them is that if for the most successful marriages are when the man is eight years or older yeah. than his, his counterpart. No. Because of where we are maturity-wise, it kind of goes back to the like, you know, look, man, you get with a young buck and he's fucking still trying to take on the world and you know you don't want to marry that guy let's mm-hmm. marry the guy that now is ready to settle down and you know he has some success he can put you know what i mean like that's why i'll tell my daughter like why would you want to marry a guy who's your age just out of college what the yeah. fuck does he have to offer yeah. i now mean the, what the fuck do you have to offer but if right. you got a guy who's in his late 30s it's like he has a home he has yeah. credit score he's a way better father now than he would have been too not not yeah. so much he never well he partied not drugs party but like was out drinking every night like made a ton of money early mm-hmm. and sold his company type thing and was just out at the bar all the time that was when i met him he We're was guys. he was We're the guy that was yeah. out at the bar and bought everybody drinks no. but then like he, he matured he into guy that you were like hmm. yeah <laughs> it's funny what you say what girls love about us then they want to change about us and then i make it one step further i have friends that like you know you know fucking alpha and then they find that girl and that girl domesticates them uh. and then that girl is real fine and I, I tell them like hey be careful man your girl still likes alphas yes. so you fucking better watch it because she's gonna fucking bounce and find then there's that other alpha that walks in and she's like oh look at him I'm like mm-hmm. holy shit that's what you had but you domesticated him you cut his nuts and now you know what I mean like, well so I can assure you, have you to I've, keep not a certain, I've not domesticated you have to keep well. a uh, my wife makes jokes, but you have to have yeah. a certain bite back. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, like, no, I'm going to fucking hold my ground here because if I'm a pussy and you just walk Can't over me, it. then you're going to fucking leave me for a real man. Now, the the opposite has always happened with me because what happens with me is a girl gets mad at her dad, so she dates me, <laughs> okay? 
Cause you she, do look like the bad choice. Right. Like right. So she so she does it to piss off her dad, yeah. right? And he doesn't like the idea at first. But then when he gets to know me and he sees how responsible and squared like, away I yeah. am, she loses interest because I'm boring. But then he likes me more than she does. So long after she dumps me, the dad's like, well, Your honey, friends. now, hold on. I think yeah. we're being a little hasty here. Uh, seems like a that nice Richard young man. Yes. Like a great yes. Let's do this. <laughs> to wrap it up, uh, Travis, uh, bring up our iTunes because we, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks and we need to... Just read a couple of uh, iTunes uh, comments from people. Frank, why don't you take uh, that? By the way, these are Godzilla. people. These are people who have gone to our iTunes, gone to iTunes. They've searched "phone booth fighting MMA," clicked on the five star review, which is very beneficial to us, and taken a moment to write a favorable line or two. And we like to read these on the air. What does Toddzilla have to say? Okay, that, so Toddzilla seventy two. I'm a longtime fan, or longtime Frank Mir fan. And new Richard Hunter fan. I really like the wide variety of topics on this podcast. Frank and Richard have a great chemistry and a passion for MMA. These guys make my morning commute enjoyable. Keep up the great work, guys. And I hope to see Frank taking limbs in the cage soon. Thanks again, Todd Porterfield. All right, appreciate that. Todd, uh, let's see here. uh, how about uh, great uh, show? Great guy. That's from what is that? Michael Sean O nine. Great. I'm so, oh. I'm so. Oh, you want to skip that one, Frank? No, no, no. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought you were. <laughs> sorry, uh, Frank. It, the guy said he's. I don't know how you can read it this close. I'm like having like. Nah, uh, you know what it is, cowboy. Uh, I'm sorry, Russ Roman said Frank is well spoken, and he didn't want me to skip over that. No, one. that's a good yeah. one. Frank, uh, yeah. Russ, yeah. let's yeah. give him skip a shot. Russ one. Roman. Yeah. Russ, yeah. <laughs> Frank is a well spoken as they come. Richard is a respected media member. Thank great you. listen. See, Appreciate that was a quick, that. nice one. All right, what uh, what else we got there, Frank? Let's see, uh, Dejmer, 9-11. I'm a longtime Frank Mir fan and now Richard Hunter fan. Whether you follow MMA or not, this is a great podcast. These guys are always have an interesting subject matter and guests of all types. Well, that's never been truer than tonight, huh? That's right. Check it out. That's right. All right, a couple more here. One from 406 Max. I love this pod and look forward to it twice weekly. It's like I have two friends in Vegas, even though I am in Montana. Frank has always been my favorite fighter, and Richard has become my favorite dog activist. I love the mix of MMA, politics, and random stories. The brothel stories to the random stories. Uh, when they're not lost in the mountains of California, never disappoint. Keep it up, and thank you. I got us lost in the mountains of California about six months ago. Frank fell asleep in the car, and when he woke up, neither one of us knew where we were. Been to some places of northern L.A. or California that I never knew existed. What's our last can one? I, there, can Frank? I read this last one? Oh, yeah, you want to read the last one? I'd love to read the last yeah, one, just because I read ahead, and it's great. Oh, okay. What you got, Laura? Uh, this is from Libtard Love. That's what I used to do in high school when I had to read out loud, too. I'd read ahead and get mine ready. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had to practice. I was practicing my head so hard. Just wanted to stop in and give you two big thumbs up. Hands down, a favorite podcast of mine. And I've turned many other, po- other podcast listeners onto you guys as well. Although I don't see eye to eye with Richard on many political views. Like Cowboy. he can. This is why I'm reading this. Yeah. He, it's so apropos. He continues to impress me with his non-combative arguments. I would agree with that. That are cron- contrary to my own beliefs. Hence the title of Libtard Love. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Well, he, thinks he's coming he, literally, with fa- he thinks he's coming with factual liberal statements. The, but sh- 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 <laughs> the honesty that is portrayed by both of you is genuine and easily relatable, which keeps me coming back again and again. Keep them coming and hope to see Frank back in the cage very soon. That's a very nice compliment to get. I appreciate oh, that. It really is. Cowboy's not completely sold on it yet, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I gained some libtard love tonight. Thank you. I, I thought you, I, There's enough libtard love I to go like along. I feel like you have created a new, Next time, a next new time you fire up the, the solar panels, you're going to be 
Ask me who I voted for. I think you'd be impressed. Uh, No, but I feel like we've created like a new subgenre of political people, and that is the the judgy liberal. And I think I really like a judgy liberal. Thank you. Yes, yes. I believe there should be more judgment in the world. Nothing bugs me worse than when people go, who am I to judge? I'm like, start judging. There needs to be more judgment in the world. (laughs) Let's start tonight. All right, Frank. Uh, hey, tell them about the Amazon banner, and then we got to go. Yeah, basically, anytime you go on our website, Phone Booth Fighting, please check out our Amazon banner. If you click through that to do all your online shopping, we get a small percentage kicked back to us, just a few pennies on the dollar, back to the show that we use to help uh, eventually one time maybe pay Travis. But uh, as you can That's see, right. we use it for the upkeep of the show and keep uh, improving our product and hopefully uh, keep bringing uh, a quality show to everybody. Banner's right there on the front of phoneboothfighting.com. Uh, Laura? everybody can follow you on twitter at laura underscore sanko correct anything else you like to plug there anything else no i same same handle on instagram i'm a little bit more active there but i gotta tell you i am super excited about learning about this because Mm -hmm. i can't like i am best friends with the ups guy amazon prime is the worst thing that ever happened please go through let let us encourage you just next uh, time i come here you guys are in a lush leather coated now be careful I think we get to see what you buy no. <laughs> just, do you really? uh, well we can't tell it's you but yeah. we do okay. see the items that get kind of like the, yeah. the bunny ranch receipt thing yeah exactly yeah, okay. kind of like that yeah right. what about you cowboy anything we need to mention no I'm trying to fight in November okay mm. that's the next time boy that's a long layoff yeah. for you yeah, that's I mean, yeah. two months yeah well, they have all of August off yeah so. yeah what's uh do you know right offhand where November is gonna be do you yeah, have like a Las city Vegas. picked out I think there's one either here in New York oh good okay yeah come back to Las Vegas I, I like having here. you like having taxes you around are a lot here. better here in Vegas taxes are yeah. way better New York New York, New York. I- Brutal. Shit, is it? Brutal. I imagine. Brutal. Brutal. Well, I'm really glad uh, that both of you guys uh, came by. And, of course, watch uh, Laura on the Tuesday Night Contender Series exclusively on uh, UFC Fight Pass. It's great getting a chance to talk to you. And I'm telling you something. Even though I've interviewed you uh, a handful of times, see, this in-depth conversation, this is where you really you, you <laughs> learn more about people. And I'm impressed. Sometimes you talk to people for a long time, and you're, you're glad that you never had to do it before because there sure. wasn't a lot there. But actually, Cowboy's got a lot of depth. That does. doesn't surprise me. does not surprise me. All right, Frank, uh, tell them how to follow the show on social media, and uh, we're out of here. Phone Booth Fighting on Facebook and Instagram, and just Phone Booth Fight if you're a Snapchat or Twitter uh, go-abouts. All right. If you brandished a firearm here in the bunker, please make sure you take uh, custody of it before you leave. We don't <laughs> want any uh, 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 guns laying around. And uh, thanks to everybody who has been a part of this one. Travis is always doing an awesome job uh, producing, and we appreciate him for that. We brought you a T-shirt, too, Laura. Uh, <gasps> oh, I'm super excited. Do you, probably, do you like a small or a medium? Probably extra, small extra, for your... Come in extra, extra small, but that's okay. okay. I could just shrink it really hard. Come on, right? yeah. you can't just, you I will small. wash that thing so hot yep. and All right. dry There it you go. Yeah, the smallest we have is small. Now, Cowboy, can you wear the medium ladies shirt? I'm no. a Walter weight now. Okay, all right. We're going we're, we're <laughs> to find... Had, I've had a rough go the last two fights, but I'm still a Walter weight. I'm here. We're going to find you one that fits you. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah, what's the size there? That's our uh, model, but I could give that Ooh, one it's to a large. There it is. Winning. Large good? Winning. Okay, there you go. All right, everybody's got a phone booth fighting shirt. You can get yours in the uh, merchandise uh, section of phoneboothfighting.com. For Frank Mir, for Laura Senko, for Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and for Travis over there, I'm Richard Hunter, and we'll see you right back here next time on Phone Booth Fighting.